Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Match Day with Chris Warren on SEN. Good afternoon. Welcome to NRL Match Day on Sunday, the 12th of September. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. We've had a million, million nights just like this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this. We've had a million, million nights just like this. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the show. We'll be here right up until 3 o'clock. Loads for us to get through as well. Gorgeous day in Sydney town. Hope you're making the most of it and obviously adhering to all those uh, protocols uh, re-COVID as well. Well, whoever coined the cliche or the phrase that NRL finals are a whole new ball game, you are absolutely spot on. The Rabbitohs win over Penrith last night has thrown the 2021 competition right on its head. So many of us thought it would probably be a Storm Panthers grand final, didn't we? Go on, be honest, put your hand up. I certainly did. The top two sides both only losing three of 24 games in the regular season. Well, that, ladies and gentlemen, can no longer happen. It cannot be a Storm and Panthers decider. Melbourne and South Sydney have both booked a place in the prelim finals for the Storm. It's, I think, their seventh prelim final in a row. And they are now just one win away from a fifth grand final in six years. Quite remarkable, isn't it? South Sydney, they're through to their... Fourth consecutive prelim final after a shock 16-10 win over the Panthers. Both the Storm and the Bunnies, coached by the two most successful coaches this century, will earn a well-deserved week off. For South Sydney, well, they will meet the winners of next weekend uh, between the Manly and the Roosters for a place in the decider. So Manly or the Roosters will take on the Bunnies in a fortnight's time. The Bunnies now, they thumped the Chooks 54-12 three weeks ago. They also beat their bitter Sydney rivals in round three. South Sydney also beat Manly in their one and only match this season. That was back in round two. So on those results, the path to the grand final is looking pretty good, isn't it? Out Redfern way. Melbourne, well, they need to beat either Penrith Parramatta or Newcastle to make the big one. So the Storm lost to the Panthers 12-10 in round three, but then thumped Penrith 37-10 about five or six weeks back. Panthers were without Cleary, Toto and Fisher-Harris on that occasion. Melbourne would be short price favourites to beat Parramatta, although you cannot ignore this fact. They have lost both matches against the Eels this season. It's unlikely the Storm would face the Knights. Of course, the Knights play Parramatta this afternoon. But in their one and only contest, Melbourne won 48 points to four. So as for next week's games, well, Manly and the Roosters have only met once this year. 
way back in round one. The Chooks thumped Manly, 46 points to four at the SCG. Manly were minus Tommy Turbo, and uh, as we know, vastly improved now. The Panthers will play the Eels or Knights. They beat the Eels twice this year, 13-12 in round 16, and then just last week. Although the Eels did rest a stack of players, Penrith winning 40 points to six. Against the Knights, well, the Panthers won their only contest this year, uh, 24-6. That was at home in round seven. So there you have it. Not so cut and dried now, is it? The finals really are a whole new ball game. We'll uh, review all three finals we've seen so far this weekend. Uh, Ryan Pappenhausen. He was great, wasn't he, for the Storm against the Seagulls. Sammy Walker got the Roosters home last night and Penrith Panthers beaten by the Bunnies. Adam Reynolds, Cody Walker, Tom Burgess, Blake Taff, all outstanding. Uh, we'll hear from coaches as well uh, from yesterday. I see there's been a bit of a blue between Ivan Cleary and Wayne Bennett. Well, maybe a verbal stoush uh, all over uh, Bennett having a chat to the referees boss a few weeks ago. Um, claiming that uh, Penrith have been cheating, re-protecting their kicker. We'll sink our teeth into that later on. That game this afternoon, or this evening rather, in Rocky, Parramatta and Newcastle, we'll talk to the NRL Profits Guru. You might be having a flutter on that. If so, tune into that. Profits Guru might be able to help you um, decide where and how you place your coin. Now, Scotty Bailey from AAP, he'll be on the line as well. We'll have a chat to him about the NRL Week 1 Finals fallout. We'll look ahead to that Eels and Knights game as well. Um, Parramatta fans too, um, tune in. Uh, 60s, the Cumberland throws 60s. He's becoming quite a regular, isn't he? He'll be on the show a bit later on too, um, closer to 2 o'clock. So look forward to uh, chatting to 60s and, and see how he thinks the path ahead might be for the Blue and Golds. Brett Noddy Kamali, he'll jump on the line as usual in the third hour today and we'll go through the Gallagher Insurance Kangaroos and we'll see uh, which players, if any, have forced their way into Noddy's hypothetical uh, test team. We'll also chat to Brett Phillips about all that's happened at the US Tennis Open. So plenty for us to uh, get through. As I always say, it's much more enjoyable if you become part of the show as well. Um, you might want to talk about your team and its potential chances uh, so far in the finals. You might want to talk about Parramatta and Newcastle this afternoon. But I reckon most of what we might be talking about today, and it's up to you, Bunnies fans, I'd love you to get on the phone. You've been quiet. You've been very quiet the last few weeks. Well, now I think it's time for you to come out of your burrow. Come out of the rabbit warren and jump on the phone and give me a call. I'd love to speak to some Bunnies fans no Latrell, no hope. They were the headlines a few weeks ago. Well, young Blake Taft, didn't he do ever so well last night? Made one blunder, but didn't affect his confidence. He was ever so good in only, I think, his sixth or seventh game. So get on the phone, 1300 01 1170. 1300 01 1170. That is the open line. There is space there now if you want to give me a call, or you might want to just send a text through. Um, what you might want to talk about today, any range of topics really, 0457 736 736. 0457 736 736. I think one thing we can say with some certainty now, it is no longer a two-horse race. This is NRL Match Day.
thanks for your company. Hope you're enjoying your afternoon. Oh, isn't it just a beautiful day in Sydney? Good to be alive, isn't it? I tell you what, um, I'm very fortunate where I am uh, on the northern beaches. Um, it's not a bad place to be in lockdown. I tell you what, but it's very difficult to get a park at the beaches these days. I thought people slept in generally on a Sunday morning. What's happened to that? The people know, do you no longer sleep in on a Sunday? I mean, there were people up. Now, here's, I was woken up. I worked quite late last night. And I have, I will get this off my chest straight away. Yep. My neighbours, and welcome to the Mad Russian, ladies and gentlemen. A round of applause for the Mad Russian is in the house. Mad Russian. Instead of Cowboy Dan, we've got the Mad... Yeah, welcome. Come on down. Normally on a Sunday, Mad Rusky, he's holding hands with uh, dear Sophie on the couch at home. And uh, he's uh, put his hand up to come in and work with me today. Well, Thank you, brother. I had to come in to fulfill my contract hours. Oh, okay. Chris. Well, you um, didn't have to Don't, put it that don't way. you know... Don't think okay. it's for any other reason. Oh, well, here's me. I thought it was <laughs> just because you wanted to spend a few hours Of course with me. it is. Of course it is during the But finals. here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. Sunday, I always thought people sort of slay, uh, had a lie-in on a Sunday, mm, lazy Sunday. Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. That's still a thing? That's I reckon. I well, here's my theory. I'm reckoning because of COVID, et cetera, and so many people doing these ones, working from home. Mm. You see those little things? Working from home, those ones. And yep. I reckon now all every day is just sort of blended into one and Sundays are no longer that special because they, they're lying in probably through the week. So they're up and about this morning. So my neighbours, right, they are early birds, right? They're up. I don't know what worms they're trying to catch, right? But they are up at sparrows every mm. morning. And I work on a Saturday night, right? So I get home quite late. Mm. Then I do a few scripts for today's show and I have a, I have a couple of beers and pop off to bed about, oh, I don't know, one o'clock. Yeah. And then I get up and go for a swim, but I still have a bit of a lie until eight-ish. My next-door neighbours, and I can hear them, right? Every morning, they're up at sunrise. Off they go, trundle down the beach to watch the sunrise. And I can hear them. Like, they're not this, they're not tiptoeing down the pathway. They're like loud as, loud as hell. So I've got to put the pillow on my head mm. and drift off back to sleep for Do a couple of hours. Do you tiptoe in at night when you get in? Probably just before I'm midnight quiet. on a Saturday night. I'm pretty quiet. There's not much of a racket around my place. Generally, it's just me. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes, but... Not slamming doors. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, okay, let's not... I don't know why we're talking about that. Uh, let's talk about last night, shall mm. we? South Sydney fans, glory, glory to South Sydney. Still a long way to go, but you've given your team a week off. An unexpected week off at that. Everyone thought Penrith would... Quite easily take care of Souths last night. But Wayne Bennett and the Bunnies, they had different ideas. 16-10, the final score. Penrith held to zero in the second half. Two tries to one. Adam Reynolds, brilliant. Tommy Burgess, one of their best forwards as well. Young Blake Taff, as I said earlier. A lot of pressure was under on him. All the talk during the week were these uh, towering spiral or floating bombs from Nathan Cleary on Taff. He dropped the first one or second one, but bounced right back. I thought, oh my goodness, this is gonna this is gonna tear him apart, this. But sure enough, he got back on the horse and he had a great game, Blake Taff. So during the week, uh, you would have read probably even yesterday or on Friday, um, about Wayne Bennett approaching the NRL referees, um, just drawing attention to the fact that he thinks Penrith are one team that exploit the rules somewhat by putting protectors in front of their kicker, Nathan Cleary, and illegally so, i.e. they change course, which you're not allowed to do. 
it's quite fine to have a blocker either side, but they can either stand still or not change direction. And it would seem, according to Wayne Bennett, that Penrith have been flouting these rules to the advantage of Nathan Cleary, giving him all the more time to perfect his science or art, if you want as well, of those bombs. His kicking game has been lethal. Last night it wasn't as good, was it? Adam Reynolds was brilliant. But there's been a bit of a war of words between old man Bennett and youngish man Ivan Cleary. Ivan Cleary addressed the media after the loss. You might want to call it sour grapes, but he had a, a bit of a swipe at the master coach. Um, yeah, I mean, I was probably guilty of uh, what... Um, yeah, I was personally guilty of trying to, uh, I guess, put our case forward uh, this week only because I had to, because I had to, had to respond... Um, it's probably not the forum to talk about it, but the NRL has got to make a decision on uh, whether they're going to allow coaches to um, deliberately manipulate uh, referees and try and influence them. Um, coaches do it because they can. You know, we get fined afterwards, uh, but pre-game, um, yeah, you can. It's pretty much open slather, I think. So, um, you know, we were, our boys were certainly being spoken to on the run for a, a stuff that we never get done for. So I'd suggest that, um, yeah, that type of thing has an influence. As I said, I was guilty of it myself because I had to, because, you know, we had to respond. But um, I think the game could do itself a favour and come down on any, any coach who wants to try and deliberately uh, influence a match official before a game. So in terms of public commentary, Ivan, or in terms of direct, direct yeah. approaches to... Well, you know, no, public commentary. It's, you know, I don't have to... And I don't, you know, I'm actually not blaming anybody. Um, maybe the game likes that stuff, you know. I get it. It's, you know, you guys all froth over it, so it's, it's good clickbait and all that kind of thing. But um, I think it's terribly unfair on referees um, that they, you know, that, that we're able to do that to them. So Ivan Cleary basically saying he doesn't agree that all that pressure should be applied to the referees um, with coaches um, talking or communicating through to the referees department, um, particularly in the build-up to the finals with, I guess, um, the goal or the, the chief aim would be to influence referees. Um, so I don't know. What do you make of that, listeners? What do you make of that? Sour grapes from Ivan? Has he got a point or what? The Wiley master coach, though, he's been doing it for years. Um, and, well, he's come out on top. He's come out on top again. Uh, South Sydney through to their fourth prelim final. Let's hear from Wayne Bennett now responding. Well, you say I was vocal. I mean, I, I didn't start the conversation publicly. Right? I, I said nothing publicly. This happened three weeks ago. I'd sent some information to the referees for clarification. So... I wasn't going public with anything until until Penrith started to come out and they started the, the public statements and I just responded to those. I wasn't going to sit back and not I wasn't going to sit back and not um, not stand up for my team and my players. Ivan Cleary just sat in here and said he doesn't think the coaches should be able to, to say things like that pre-game. You're fine post-game if you say things that might have an influence over the officiating or the result. Well, well I couldn't agree with him more on that, but that's why I didn't say anything. I never said anything for three weeks. We played him three weeks ago. He was the one that came out and started mouthing off. 
So just get that in its right perspective. So if he's critical, he's critical of himself. But South Sydney had no say whatsoever until he came out and started to um, talk it all up. Do you think they're being influenced by yeah. public manipulation, right? There's no public manipulation. I, I, I saw a, a, an incident in a game that I didn't like, OK? And surely it's my right to, to ask the referees what their interpretation of that is. That's what I did. That's process. Now, if that's manipulating the game, you're all kidding yourselves. Well, he's got a point, hasn't he? The master coach, you can't argue with that, that line of... Um response i mean he saw a problem he addressed it with the referees he kept it very private he, he didn't play it out in the media but now it is out in the media because ivan cleary has i guess brought it to our attention so now we have this i don't know a bit of feud erupting between bennett and cleary could they meet again well yes they could it could be a south sydney penrith grand final however South would first need to beat either the Roosters or Manly. And then Penrith would have to beat either the Eels and Newcastle and then beat the Storm for us to have Bennett v Cleary again. Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, wouldn't that be nice? But, I mean, it's hard to see Melbourne Storm not making the grand final after what they did to Manly, isn't it? They were just clinical. They were in top gear. And Ryan Pappenhausen, we thought, we thought a month or two ago that he might be gone. He suffered horrendous effects of concussion. He was out of the game for so long, but it's only taken a couple of games for him to click right back into top gear. He was just outstanding, Ryan Pappenhausen, against uh, Melbourne Storm on Friday night. Tommy who? Tommy Turbo. He was finally silenced, wasn't he? And that's as much down to Craig Bellamy's game plan as anything else. Throw into that mix as well. Some of Manly's key playmakers really not aiming up. I mean, did Kieran Foran play? Didn't see much of Schuster either. Poor Morgan Harper. He's still having nightmares. So much went wrong for Manly. But you never, never know. They could come back again. Okay, we've got another master coach, haven't there? Haven't we there with, with Desi Hasler? Keep those texts coming through. Smithy from Melbourne, good afternoon to you, Smithy. A regular listener to the, uh, the station and the show. He says, I wonder what all the so-called experts are saying today about it only being a two-horse race. Go the eels, he says. <laughs> Smithy from Melbourne. Well, you know what? It, it's not so silly. And I'll, I'll go through why in, uh, in a bit. Because Parramatta, if they can beat Newcastle today, well, then they've got to tackle Penrith. And then they've got to tackle the Storm. They've beaten the Storm twice this year. You never, never know. You hold on to hope, Smithy from Melbourne. The Blue and Golds might just still be in the race. Yes, and please do get involved with the show, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. That's the open line number. If you want to jump on the phone and, and uh, have a chat, we can certainly do that, 0457-736-736. That's the text line. Throwing this at you, listeners, who's the master coach? And the wily old Bennett still alive, up to his old tricks, and Wayne Bennett guiding his team, South Sydney, to a, a big upset over the Bunnies last night and through to the prelim final. And who knows, maybe through to the grand final. Who's the best? Who's the best you've seen? Is it Wayne Bennett? What about Craig Bellamy? 
What about Trent Robinson? What about Jack Gibson? Tim Sheens? Clive Churchill? And others? Jack Rayner? And what about Arthur Halloway? He won eight premierships. I've got to say, well before my time, um, was Arthur Pony Halloway of the Tigers and Easts. You might remember him or your dad or granddad might remember him. Who's the best in the business? Who's the best you've seen? Of the modern day coaches, got to be Craig Bellamy, hasn't it? But I tell you what, the master coach, Wayne Bennett, he still gets the job done. All right, let's recap what's happened so far then, shall we? In week one of the finals and the series kicked off on Friday night on the Sunshine Coast, Melbourne against Manly. The Sea Eagles went close to beating the Storm back in round 21. But this time round, they were no match for the defending premiers, conceding three tries in the first 15 minutes. Tommy Turbo completely silenced the Storm, prevailing 40 points to 12. Short now to Olam, who pushed away from Harper. Now he's still going. He wants the ball back on the inside. Harry Grant's there. Oh. Throws to Pappenhausen. Shut the gate. Steps inside oh. of Garrick. They got in each other's way. Pappenhausen stepped three times. Ruben Garrick ran into Jason Starb, and Melbourne got their fifth try. Absolutely superb from the brilliant number one. And I'm not talking about Tommy T. The first of the doubleheader in Townsville saw the Roosters tackle the Titans. When they last met mid-season, Sam Walker kicked a winning field goal in the 78th minute to snatch victory 35-34. What odds he'd do it again? Well, he did. This time in the 77th minute. The Chooks still alive, 25-24. Two minutes 50 remaining. There's Sam Walker. He's got time, the young kid. He won it from last time. He's kicked it, Sammy Walker. 25 points to 24, two and a half remain. Then one of the upsets of the season. Souths beaten twice already by the Panthers. This time minus Latrell Mitchell were just terrific. The Panthers given a rude wake-up call. The Bunnies winning 16-10. Two tries to one and through to a fourth consecutive preliminary final. One final remains Para v Newcastle today for the right to play Penrith next weekend. And I hope you're enjoying your afternoon. Exactly a half past 12. We'll be here until three. Mark Braybrook and Scotty Sattler will then be uh, bringing you that game from four o'clock. Big game. Blue and golds against Newcastle. Hey, eh? played a grand final, didn't they, those two? Now, that will mean the winner of that will go on and face Penrith next weekend uh, for the right to then go on and face Melbourne. Okay, so it's a tough path. It's a tough path ahead for both of those teams, uh, Parramatta and Newcastle today. The Eels, as we know, they have not won a premiership in 34 years. God, it makes me feel old now. I was there in 86 when they last won their their premiership. Uh, One man who wasn't was Timmy Manor, but he went on and would be a captain of uh, Parramatta, and he's on the line now. How are you, Timmy? Yeah, good way. How you doing, mate? Yeah, it's been a long time between drinks for Parramatta fans, and... Well, we're hoping that we get to uh, break the drought sooner rather than later, mate. We'll talk about the Eels in a bit. Um, now, I'm assuming you weren't there because you weren't, you're not even 34 yet. Yeah, no, I was born in 88, so I missed, I missed the glory days. And uh, don't worry, I spent a good decade of my career getting reminded about it constantly. <laughs> okay, wow. So you 
the Eels have never lifted the trophy while Timmy Mann has been on terra firma. All right, mate. Well, let's we'll talk about the Eels in a moment. Uh, you called uh, the Roosters Titans game last night. Oh boy, what a game! Went right down to the wire, and the poor old Titans. I mean, they really blew it. Um, Herbert only had to give that ball, I think, to David Fafita. He goes over to score, and they win the match, and their season would still be alive. But no, the Roosters prevail again by just the one point. Again by a drop goal from Sam Walker. What do you make of um, Robbo's use of Walker off the bench? Yeah, it's, um, it was, it was, listen, he got the job done. And I think the game was kind of that kind of game where, uh, you know, bringing the young kid on early might not have been the best option, but the timing of when he came on was perfect. And you can just see when, he came, when Walker came on, he just had a lot of energy and was everywhere and got the job done in the end. But it was just one of those games, Noddy and I were commentating and we were saying that, Someone's not going to win this game. Someone's going to lose it. And exactly like we predicted, Gold Coast Titans ended up copping up a, a chance of victory and uh, cost itself a chance to win the game. I didn't watch it closely, um, but uh, Taukiaho went off early, huh, in the first few minutes. So they were, they were down to 16. And then Victor Radley, was that a shoulder or a rib injury for him? It looked like a shoulder, but yeah, he, yeah, he just threw his body at the um, attacker and came out second best. But then moments later, you know, he set up a try for Tedesco, so he wasn't yeah. overly um, affected by it. But you know, both teams just kept making you know, you know, some unforced errors, and there's you know, like they just kept trying to give each other a chance to win the game. Like you know, you win it, now you win it. And then, oh well, that's um, Titans, right, isn't it? That's almost that's almost been the Titans' season. Um, yeah, um, well, Titans gave the Roosters so many opportunities, and then. Right at the end, when they had they had they had the roosters on the ropes. Right at the end, it's thirty seconds to go. Herbert, all, all they have to do is take the tackle, and the next play, Safita crushes over from Donny Harp. Like there's, there's still thirty seconds to go on the clock, and then he just tried to come up with a move or pass and uh, let the roosters off the hook and gave them the victory. You're out and about, are you, Timmy? What are you doing? How are you enjoying this glorious Sunday? I'm uh, just doing having a bite to eat at the moment, so I'm in the backyard trying to get the barbie flowing. Oh, no. um, and, yeah, just going to switch the, the what, footy on at 4 o'clock and, and enjoy a good game. What's going to go on the barbie? What's the mano menu? I've got some Scotch Fields today, mate. I'm, yeah, a, I'm yeah. a fan of Scotch Fields. That's my favourite cut. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like yeah. it too. A little, little bit of fat in there, but you can you can do with that. You, you, you are nah, a good. Bit, good bit of olive oil, salt and pepper, all ready to go, eh? Correct, yeah. Mm, sounds oh. good. Yeah. All right, now let's... <laughs> Sorry, let's not talk about food. Um, uh, yeah, no, I'm in here till three. Now, okay, so also back on that game last night, um, the Titans uh, losing by the one point. Sam Verrills, I see, he's now facing a one or two match ban for a grade two careless high tackle. It's been graded by the match review committee on Brian Kelly. So unless he goes to court and wins, he won't be playing against Manly next weekend. Yeah, that's going to be um, that's going to be a big ball for the Roosters. And, you know, it's not, the Roosters have done a great job to get to where they are. You know, they they lost so many injuries and they've had so many people out. And to be in the final six teams of the competition is a huge feat for them. But next week might just be too big for us to uh, overcome. Manly with another person out now potentially. Uh, it's a big ask. That reception's not great, Timmy. I don't know where you've got. You've turned the gas up too high on the barbecue. I think that's what it sounds like. Um, yeah. <laughs> Penrith last night, their loss. What a game, hey! How good were the bunnies? I, well, I'm sure Penrith haven't been held to zero all in the second half all season. 
Penrith's defence has been letting in on average only 12 points. They still managed to keep Bunnies to 16, but uh, they couldn't rack up the points themselves. Can they still go all the way, Tim? They'd have, yeah, to, beat, the they'd have to beat the Storm in the prelim final to get to the grand final. Yeah. I'd, listen, they, they, I, I still think Penrith have a huge um, crack at this year's grand final. They, they're still a class team. Uh, if they were going to win the comp, they would have to beat Melbourne anyway in the yep. grand final. So it just means they played them a week earlier. But uh, I would love to see a rematch between Penrith and South. So I think uh, the coaches set up a, a great feud that could uh, reignite in a few weeks if they could both get there. Mm. Yeah, wouldn't that be interesting? Manly's door, Timmy Manor. Um, it seems to have opened up a bit um, after that, that heavy loss to, to Melbourne on Friday night. They've got tough games to come, both, though, very winnable for Manly against the Roosters. And uh, I detect the tone in your voice. You think they will beat the Roosters next week. Then it would be South Sydney in a prelim final. Yeah, you think there's, it's pretty stacked now. One side of the, of the uh, coin, you've got uh, Penrith and Melbourne on one side. The other side, Roosters and Manly and then South. So I know which side of the draw I prefer to be on to get to the grand final. But uh, Manly, they, they've got another shot at life. And... I thought I thought they were pretty disappointing on the weekend. I thought Melbourne really outclassed them, and um, a lot of the, the good things you've seen from Manly over the last few weeks weren't there. Uh, that said, though, they've got a coach who has the ability to bring it back out of them. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Manly turn the corner and build some momentum over the next week or two. I'm talking to Timmy Manor, former Parramatta captain. He joins us uh, not every Sunday, but uh, quite regularly and does a lot of really good work uh, here on SEN. Spirit of Sports on tonight. We'll touch on that as well a little bit later on. I've got a, a text here, Timmy, from uh, from Tex. Uh, Tex says, can you ask Timmy Manor if he'd ever be keen to get into coaching, even just with the, the forwards, maybe? Uh, Timmy talks plenty of sense on radio and telly. Well, Timmy? Uh... <laughs> no, mate, I've lost all my hair already, so there's no more left to go. But coaching doesn't really interest me. I like the idea of mentoring young forwards and working with them. But um, in terms of coaching on the field, I'm sure they can do a lot better than uh, here from me. Mm. All right, well, let's um, let's bring into focus uh, this afternoon's match then between Parramatta and Newcastle. Eels fans, I'd like to hear from you as well, OK? I'll be talking to uh, the Cumberland Throws 60s. Uh, in the third hour of the show. So we'll talk more about the blue and golds, but they've got to beat the Knights this afternoon. They've got to then beat Penrith next weekend. They've got to then beat the Storm to make the grand final. Gee, it's been a tough old couple of months for Parramatta, hasn't it, Timmy? <laughs> and it's not going to yeah, get any I easier. A lot, of, a lot of Parramatta fans are thinking that watching the game last night. I think we we're quietly cheering for South, but you know, they, they ask now for Parramatta if they want to win the comp this year. They've got to beat the top three teams three weeks in a row. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a mountain in front of them. But, um, you know, if they can get the uh, end result, it would be as sweet as anything. But mm. I think it's a, it's a bit of a steep hill to climb at the moment. Yeah, no, it does look like a very steep hill to climb. Uh, first things first, though, they've got to get, a, get past Newcastle. You've played them once this year, 40 points to four. So that wasn't uh, too difficult. You've got about eight or nine players who were rested last week in the loss to Penrith. They're all back on deck. No Ryan Madison. Um, he served, I think it was a four, three or four-week suspension. He was eligible to play, but uh, Brad Arthur's elected to not use him. Yeah, you know, I think um, it's a big call. I think, Matter, especially the, you know, the big game experience he brings, um, is, is a big miss to leave out. But, you know, they must be pretty confident. Makatoa, the young, the young forward, or the, the older forward with a late debut, 
um, he's showing a lot of promise. And you know, the fact that he's kept his point in seventeen says a lot about what I guess the coach thinks about um, Makatoa and his and his uh, ability to perform on the big stage for them. Mm, he's been good, been really good, Makatoa. And also, you know, Ryan Madison. We know how good he is. Um, but any player, any player, when you've been out for three or four weeks, I find I, know, I think it's a bit of a gamble to come back into a sudden death semi-final or a sudden death final when you haven't been playing for the past month or so. So maybe that's also uh, behind that way of thinking. So, Timmy, um, if you get past Newcastle, as I was saying, you'd have to beat the Panthers next weekend. You lost by yeah. just the one point in, in your only fair dinkum match against the Panthers because I'm not counting last week because it was almost a reserve-grade team. But your only fair dinkum match, you lost by just the one point. A thirteen twelve um, to the Panthers, and then and I know I know I'm just I'm talking glass half full here, but the two matches against Melbourne, you beat them both times. Come on, Timmy, have some faith. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely got faith. I, I just said that it's a steep hill, so I really I actually really hope the boys are up for it because if they are up for it. There's no reason why they can't do it. Um, it's just a matter of them performing on the big stage, you know, and all year we've talked about. Um, what really matters in terms of Parramatta success is how they perform in the finals. And, uh, you know, Brad's got a really good chance now to kind of show everybody what they're made of. Um, you know, the last few years, we've bowed out in the first two weeks, which has been you know, really disappointing. And, uh, yeah, you'd like to think that we can get past that, that two-week mark. And if we can, I think it shows that the year was a success. Um, but, you know, having Penrith Week 2 now could be, a, you know, another unfortunate... Another unfortunate way to exit the year again. So hopefully we can uh, really show Penrith uh, a performance that can really you know, make the Eagles fan proud. Oh, you got to get there first. You got to beat the Knights this afternoon. Um, uh, Tex was pumping your tires up. Uh, Tex on te- on the text. Tex from I think he's the Central Coast. He was pumping your tires up earlier. Uh, the reptiles tuning in, Timmy. Um, he's not not such a big fan of yours at the moment. He says. Um, G'day, Chris. As a South Sydney tragic, I was upset by Tim and Noddy's comments that South's had no chance and would be bundled out in straight sets. That's from the Reptile. And a good afternoon to you, Reptile, as well. So there you go, Timmy. Bundled out in straight oh, sets. Oh, Reptile. I'm, 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 I'm man enough to admit I was wrong, mate. I, uh, I, I just You're thought Penrith were... Yeah, I thought Penrith were win the comp like, and just fell in a zone. And I thought, you know, losing the trail is a big, a big loss, but... We should have known. We should have known about Wayne Bennett and his tricks and his ability to perform on, on this level and this stage. And mate, what you saw from South last night, uh, I, I genuinely don't believe that they would have done that without Wayne Bennett. I think he he's the only coach who produced that kind of performance, and uh, they did him proud. Agree. Spirit of sport tonight from nine o'clock. Who's the guest? Mate, we got the legendary Jacob Loco. The, um, he's one of my favourites I've ever played with. Only had a short career of twenty three before yeah. being. Cut short with injuries, but um, mate, if, if you talk about natural ability and talent, there wasn't much people I knew that were uh, more talented and, and gifted than him. All right, Timmy, thanks, mate, for jumping on the line. Enjoy that barbecue this afternoon. Enjoy those succulent Scotch fillets, and maybe give me a <laughs> give me a call, and I'll come around sometime when those uh, when those restrictions lift. All right. Sounds good. Well, thanks again, mate. All right, mate. There he is, uh, Timmy Manor. Good fella. It's coming up to 17 minutes to 1 o'clock. You're listening to NRL Match Day. Stick around. We're going to hear from some of the other coaches after yesterday's matches next. Yes, indeed you are. And uh, 13 minutes to 1 o'clock. We'll be here until 3. Love you to get involved with the program, with the show. Uh, if you want to 
jump on the phone. There's space on the open line. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 is that uh, open line uh, number. 0457 736 736 is the text line. Uh, text from Gosford. Uh, he's back on the line again. Well, I was asking before, um, just in light of what Wayne Bennett has done last night. I mean, the season's not over yet, but... Uh, he He's a great coach, isn't he, Wayne Bennett? Seven premierships, 788 games or thereabouts. If that's not updated, don't know. Um, then you've got the likes, haven't you, of, of the greatest coaches of all time. Jack Gibson won five premierships, didn't he? Three of them with Parramatta, 81, 82, 83. Um, you've got the likes of Craig Bellamy, two premierships. No, that can't be right. He's won three premierships, and I reckon he's won about five, but a couple of them were stripped, weren't they? So... Um, these figures maybe not have been updated, but it doesn't matter. Tim Sheens, four premierships. Who's the greatest coach? Trent Robinson and what he's done with the Roosters. Um, he's right in the conversation. Um, a text uh, from Gosford, um, don't know about greatest coach of all time, but John Money went all right, didn't he? Well, he did, John Money. Good fella, John, too. And uh, John, if you happen to be listening, hello to you, mate. Um, I was only here. A teenager when John was in charge at Parramatta and he won that premiership with them in 1986. He was probably there for in the top job for about five years, I think, Moans. And then um, well, he had time with Auckland. He, he won a premiership or maybe even two with Wigan in the UK. And well, I bumped uh, back into John Money. I knew him as a teenager. Very good surfer too, John Money up there on the Central Coast. He used to live around uh, Avoca Way. And I hadn't seen him for years, maybe even decades. And then we crossed paths in the year 2000. He came and was the head coach at London Broncos when I was over there as their marketing manager. So we um, crossed paths again. So there you go, John Money. Keep those texts coming through, 0457 736 736. I did say before we went to the last break that we would hear from uh, the coaches after, well, the games that we've already heard. We've heard from Wayne Bennett. We've heard from Ivan Cleary. Um, let's go back to yesterday's other game, shall we? Um, now, Trent Robinson, talking about great coaches in the modern era. They got home. They got home only by the skin of their teeth or one point, thanks to the uh, boot of Sam Walker. Trent, he's uh, won a couple of premierships, hasn't he, with uh, with the Roosters. He's got to be in the conversation. Let me know. 0457 736 736. Who's the best modern-day coach and why? Uh, but how was he after getting home narrowly against the Titans? Let's hear from Trent Robinson now. We can play better, and that's what we're searching for. You know, there's that, that game there tonight. I love the fact that they keep working hard and they'll keep trying to win. Um, but that imperfect game that we're talking about, that continual search for perfect, even though you may never get there, that's, um, that's next week. Um, um, so, we're, yeah, that's what we're looking forward to. Melbourne dominated from the start, um, got a good lead, um, and um, Manly had different opportunities there that they, they sort of came back, but, but uh, Melbourne always kept that distance. Um, you know, we're, we're going to have to raise our level and we're going to look forward to that challenge. So there is Trent Robinson. Um, and there was another incident too. So as I said earlier, Sam Verrills, he... Um He'll need to beat, uh, I said go to court. He won't be going to court, you know what I mean. He goes to the judiciary. If he fronts the judiciary, he's going to have to beat this um, grade two careless high tackle charge because he's facing one or two weeks on the sideline, Sam Verrills. So uh, they may well be without him for the game against Manly. Manly fans, how confident are you? 
How confident are you of beating the Roosters next week? Uh, you've only played the once this year. It was way back in round one. It was at the SCG. I haven't got the score in front of me. I read it out earlier, but you were pumped, Manly. Pumped. Um, 46-4. 46-4 in round one. Manly fans, how are you feeling about that? Coming up against the Roosters. You're a much different team back then than you are now. Um, it'll be a good game, won't it? Be a great game. That one, Manly v. the Roosters. The winner will then go on and play South Sydney for the right to go to the big dance. I don't like calling it the big dance. It's more AFL, isn't it, the big dance? I think it's American. Is it? Big dance. Yeah. Yeah. Decider. Keep it out. Keep grand, it out. Grand, yeah, final. Grand, fi- grand final. Grand final. Grand final. That's it. That's La Grande finale. Yeah. <laughs> That's her. Forget the big dance. Who came up with that? Rubbish. Um, keep those texts coming through. 0457 736 736. Uh, g'day, Wa. Uh, Tim the Toolman, good afternoon to you, Timmy. Hope you're enjoying your Sunday afternoon. wonder what Toolman's up to today. What do you reckon he's doing? Do you reckon he's out in the shed, the tool shed? Tim the tool man, he's uh, he's a character. Where's he? Where's he hail from? What part is he? On? Is he well, Northern Beaches? He's a Canterbury Beaches? fan. Canterbury fan. Mm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I don't know what Tim is into away from footy. He's a surfer or he's a builder. Texting. He's in. probably let us know, Timmy, tradesman, tradie, good friend of the show, Tim the tool man. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, a happy Sunday, Wa. Uh, Chris Anderson, great coach. He was too. Really good coach. Um. Chris Anderson got the storm there. I mean, who would have thought Melbourne Storm in just their second year of existence would win the premiership? Well, they did under Chris Anderson. Um, Very smart man. Hope's very smart man as well. Craig Bellamy, talking of great coaches, Craig Bellamy. So his team, they were just methodical, weren't they? It was Melbourne as we know them against Manly. Bellamy hatched a, p- a plan to silence the turbo, to shut down the engines on the turbo. And uh, it came up a treat, didn't it, for Melbourne Storm. Ryan Pappenhausen was enormous. Jerome Hughes was terrific. Outstanding was Cameron Munster. And so too their forward pack. Manly, as I said, I think a few of their players went missing, didn't they? People say, well, Tommy Turbo was not quite Tommy Turbo, but Tommy Turbo can only be firing on all five cylinders or four cylinders when the others around him are doing their job. And I think a couple of the other playmakers were a little bit quiet and not just the playmakers too, you know, I think Schuster was very quiet. His first final, wasn't it? I think, as I said before, um, Kieran Forum was quiet. Oh, they'll be back. Don't worry about that. They'll be back bigger and better next week. I'm sure. Uh, Will Manley. Let's hear from Melbourne coach Craig Bellamy. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, we, as I said last week, you know, we we tried to time the the run for him a bit. You know, he, he didn't he didn't train for seven weeks. I mean, he didn't do any training at all. You know, for seven weeks, so we knew he wasn't going to come back to you know what we know he can do. You know, we didn't know how long that would take, but like physically, but the mental part was probably even more. You know, that was no one really knew, you know, or had any certainty on how long, you know, that would take to come back. So, you know, I think, that, you know, through all that, the time he's been back and we've tried to, you know, limit his time at times. Um, but 
I think you know, the only game he's, he probably took a little step back was, I think, um, might have been the Titans game or after the Titans game. Um, but other than that, the last two weeks, he's he's been pretty close to to what you know we expect of him and what we know of him. So, you know, I thought he was tremendous tonight. He really, you know, I thought he sort of, he'd come up with the big play of the game. They tried just on half time. You know, Manly was sort of getting right back into the game there. You know, if they'd, they'd have scored in the last, you know, five or ten minutes of that first half, it would have been, you know, a real game on. But to score that try right in half time, it, um, you know, that, that was a, a real lift to everybody. Cameron's got a lot of skill and a lot of, He's got great knowledge of the game, but you know his strongest trait is how hard he competes. You know he's a real competitor, and um, he was definitely that tonight. Again, he's one of the guys that hasn't played a lot of footy the last you know six weeks. So um, yeah, he was real happy with his performance tonight against you know really good opposition. So he came up with some big plays for us, as you say. So yeah, couldn't have been happy with him. Craig Bellamy there talking, uh, Cameron Munster is talking about the last uh, question there. Um, he was enormous, Cameron Munster, and he rises uh, to the occasion, doesn't he? Loves the big games, Cameron Munster. Same can be said for Dane Gagai, can't it, uh, for the Bunnies? We've seen what Dane Gagai has done time and time again in the Origin Arena, but when the big games come, players like Dane Gagai, players like Cameron Munster, they stand up, don't they? They really relish the big occasion. He was also talking there, Craig Bellamy, about Ryan Pappenhausen. As we said, he was out for a number of weeks with um, the effects of concussion from that round 10 knockout blow. Forget who they played now, but he was felled in a big way. Ryan Pappenhausen, there were fears that he might not come back this year. Well, he's back all right. He scored three tries last week, didn't he? Um, 24 points including two tries against Manly. Really big performance, and he totally outshone Tom Trebojevich. Not many fullbacks can say they've done that this year, can they? Brandon Smith, great start from him, the nuggety young hooker, and um, very influential in uh, their great start. They scored three tries in the opening 13 minutes. I think he scored one of them himself, didn't he? And he also certainly set up Welch, put him through a hole. Munster, as I said, terrific. Manley's right edge was totally outclassed. And poor old Morgan Harper, uh, he had a night to forget. Morgan, we've had him on the show, actually, uh, a couple of months back. Lovely young fella, but he's probably still having restless nights. So the Storm have now won their past five matches against Manly. And they are now one win from a fifth grand final in just six years. So Manly will play the Roosters on Friday night in Mackay. And uh, Melbourne through to their seventh consecutive prelim final. Let's hear from losing Manly coach Des Hasler. What did you make of Tom's game tonight? They, they had plans to contain him. They did a pretty uh, good job. Yeah, people are probably going to reflect on it that way, but um, we didn't give ourselves a chance. It was just, you look at the possession, uh, you look where our possession was. Uh, they made us come out of the corner the whole time. Um, uh, we didn't make them chew up any gas. Uh, they, we led them down the field, both with our real ill discipline with the ball and also you know, we're giving away too many penalties. So it was nine in total tonight, so it's just not going to get it done. Uh, we, we, were, we, we weren't, weren't smart enough. No, they weren't smart enough, and you can't you can't give Melbourne all that possession. And and they did it a few weeks ago when they met. They a couple of costly errors. Melbourne, you know, you can almost guarantee they will make you pay. You give them cheap ball, and they will just go bang bang. So 
Desi knows there that uh, you know there's a lot of improvement, a lot of improvement in his team if it's going to uh, go any further than next weekend when they uh, play the Roosters. Timmy, the toolman's been back uh, via the text line, 0457 736 736. And I was asking what he does, uh, what, are, what are his demographics. Timmy, the toolman, he's a tradie from Toon Gabby. Good on you, Tim. Um, and a lot of mates out Toon Gabby way. Don't know if you know Hawley. He lived at Toon Gabby for many, many years. Tim, if you're around about my age, and to Dasha Hall, if you're listening to the show, a very good afternoon to you. And Tim, the toolman's out in the sun. He's cleaning his ute. Let me know what you're up to. 0457 736 736. What are you doing on this gorgeous Sunday, 12th of September in Sydney Town? Welcome to Match Day with Chris Warren on SEN. And a very good afternoon to you. Uh, happy lunchtime. Happy lunchtime to you. I hope you're uh, enjoying whatever you're devouring at the moment. If you are eating, and talking of food, I'm a little bit hungry, a little bit peckish myself, Mad Russian. Did you bring anything in for us? Might have to wise? order something. Oh, I'm really? going to get some burgers in. I've got burgers. It's yeah. very hard to eat a burger while on air because oh. our breaks are four minutes, four, four and a half. You get very half, difficult. Half well, well, down we can one. talk about that. A burger. I could probably do a burger today at some point, I reckon. Because I've got to stay in here to the game afterwards as well. Oh, you'll fade so, away. Exactly. Mate. I've got to get something in. We'll talk about that in the break. Good apple and a green, you know, would kill you. You want to be careful you don't fade away, <laughs> mad Russian. Now, uh, we're talking about great coaches of all time, and, and this is in light of uh, the wily old Wayne Bennett. He's up to his tricks again. No one gave Souths a chance, really, did they? Except for you Bunnies fans out there. You've gone very quiet on me, South Sydney fans. Hope you haven't got anything against me personally. I did say I didn't think they could go any further. But don't hold that against me. I think a lot of people in the media said the same thing. Come on, South fans, get on the phone. Give me a call um, in a moment because uh, I'm going to talk to someone. Uh, we do something a little bit different here on a Sunday. Yeah, we're not all that serious. We, we try and lighten things up. But we do talk to... Um, a man by the name of Albie Tellerico. Now, he's very astute. He's been around the game for many years. He knows his footy inside and out. He's currently, these days, and has been for a while, a director with Newtown Jets, one of the great clubs, uh, the Jets. And sadly, the uh, lower-tier competition was called off way too early this year. Well, I say way too early, but that's just the way it is, isn't it? Um, they haven't seen too much football in the New South Wales Cup in the last couple of years. Now, what Albie does... He comes up with uh, weird old figures and trends or series that have um, have raised their head in, in years or eras gone past. And I never know what he's on the line to talk about. He just jumps on the phone and, and we have a chat. It's a, Good afternoon, Albie. How are you, bud? Hello, Chris, and I uh, hope that all the listeners are well. This beautiful day out in Sydney town today. It is gorgeous indeed. I'll ask you in a moment what you've got for us today. I was just running through, and again for our listeners... Um, let me know your opinion. 0457 736 736 is the text line. Who are the best coaches we've seen? We know the modern-day greats are Craig Bellamy, Trent Robinson. But over the years, there have been some wonderful coaches. Now, I wouldn't say success necessarily is down to the number of premierships they have won, but some very smart men have coached. And, and a lot of the coaches today... I think have developed or moulded their mindset almost out of a bloke that I was fortunate enough to play under, and that was Warren Ryan. 
He was one of the real smart men and way ahead of his time. Jack Gibson, another very, very astute man. Five premierships did Jack. East with 74 and 75 and the Eels 81, 82, 83. Been some wonderful coaches out there. And Albie, you will know because you're a rugby league historian uh, in your spare time. I don't know much about Arthur Holloway, Holloway, but he won eight premierships. Yeah, just amazing when you think about how coaches have framed and the players that have played under them gone on to coach. Mm. Andrew Webster wrote a fantastic article, uh, I think it was last year, about, I suppose, the, what happens in the genesis of coaching yeah. and where you look at where players have played under Gibson and Ryan and, and Holloway and, and other coaches, in, in, you know, also St George as well, in those glories where you had Ken Carney and Norm Proven. Mm. And when you've mentioned both, I mean, you played under Warren Ryan and you were fortunate. I mean, that's just an amazing and congratulations, which is just unreal to play under... He was the, you know, he was a real great architect of the game. Yeah. Let's not forget about Terry Fernley as well and Roy Masters. But the two coaches you've mentioned today as well is, and they had an incredible battle against one another, and that was Jack Gibson and Warren Ryan. Now between seventy-one and eighty-nine, and I've just taken this portion of history out. We'll mention the other two that you mentioned before as well. Are these the Albie files? Been... Is this our? Are these our stats now coming through? Because I like to play our little suspense music. We, we better we better put on the music. Yeah, we better okay. put on the music. You take it away, Albie. Take it away. You know, in, in that period of time from seventy-one to eighty-nine, two coaches just stood out amongst any others. Now, even though even though in the nineteen seventies. There were only four coaches that won premierships. There was one guy that appeared in one extra one, and that was Jack Gibson. He appeared in his first grand finals coach in 71. Of course, you mentioned 74, 75 and the trifecta. He lost his first, his first premiership in 71. In 1981, who did he come up against? Well, your former mentor in Warren Ryan, who got Newtown, the Cinderella team of 1981, and what could have been had they won that particular premiership. Now, in that decade of the 1980s, between them, they, they appeared in 81 together. 82, 83 was Jack. 84, 85, 86 was Warren. And then Warren came back again in 1988 and 1989. Now, the percentage of grand finals, the, uh, the losses, was in a staggering in that period of time, 7 from 11, which is absolutely unbelievable. The players that came out of those systems to go on and coach... Well, you look at guys like Alan McMahon, who was a great guy who played for Balmain and Newtown, and he was he was coached under Warren Ryan, of course. So you've got these great statistical figures that I mentioned in Andrew Webster's article. But these two guys, they set the framework for a whole generation. They Jack Gibson didn't want to face off again, and I thought he was going to in 1983. I thought things were going to happen there for, for Warren, but it wasn't to be. But they only faced off once. And strangely enough, things moved on. And we fast forward over the last couple of years, Bellamy and Robinson together, they've appeared in, in, in staggering again, eight grand finals. And they've only lost two. Bellamy has lost one against Robinson and he lost against Cronulla. So you have these great things where history repeats itself of two particular coaches that just pretty much control what is going to happen in rugby league. Now, whether they've been gifted with great players... Newtown were lucky. Parramatta were on the cusp of it. Jack Gibson walked in under Terry Fernley, who'd been there a number of years and had lost a couple of grand finals. But Warren Ryan had to rebuild, you know, in that period of time. There were some great coaches, of course, the great man that's still alive, Paul, Brought Paul Broughton. He started to lay that foundation. So the coaches that came before them as well. So I find it absolutely fantastic that these two guys had so much to do with rugby league over that period of time. And in this current day, 
Bellamine Robinson with the stats, and this year ain't over yet, and it still can happen. Bellamy could face off against Robinson, or one of the other could be in the grand final. We've only got a few weeks to wait. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing. Thank you for that, Albie. And, and yeah, all the, the so many links to the current coaches today um, come out of those former coaches. And But you still see it, you know. You see stuff that Bellamy has learnt from Bennett and, and even Bennett has learnt from Warren Ryan. And um, you, you're right, I was really fortunate. I mean, I only played a handful of first-grade games under Warren Ryan. But, um, you know, I learnt so much. I learnt so much. And... You wouldn't believe it. To this day, and I'm a junior coach, so I coached under 12s, 13s, etc. But there's stuff that I was taught way back when that I'm still teaching to these guys, you know, little things in the game. Um, and out of that team... So and there's uh, no greater, there is no greater thrill when you coach a kid's side. It's just... It is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I hope more people get involved with it, you know. I mean, I, I, I've stopped coaching. I'm doing more, I suppose, voluntary and administration work. But to coach a group of young men at the beginning of that 12 and 13 when they take on that new steps in life, and you've got to deal with a lot of, I suppose, you know, that, that, that uh, testosterone is yes. coming through and as they, oh, you know, yes. all of that sorts of things. And, you're almost and like, a second, you're that, like a second parent too or a third you're a parent. Second parent. You're a school teacher. But you're when a... They, Exactly. No greater, no greater honour is when one of those young men come up and ask you for advice. Yeah, no, it is good. And it's quite is, rewarding. It, it is quite it's rewarding. Great. And it, yeah, it's fantastic. My team that I had many, many years ago, and I, I was the assistant under a, a great player called Dave French, and I'm sure you remember him. He was a Wagga boy, and he played for the Roosters. So I learned a lot from him, and he'd learned a lot from Roosters coaches such as Bob Fulton, who coached them in the early 80s, of course. And he learned a lot from those guys as well. So he conveyed that to me. And it's things that you, you pick up along the way, like you did from Warren Ryan, and you carry that on to the next generation in, in the hope that they carry it on to the next generation as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but underneath him also, under Warren Ryan at the time, out there at Campbelltown was a bloke called Shane Flanagan, who went on to win a premiership, you might remember, with Cronulla. Other players out there too that had, well, not as successful coaching careers as Flano, but Stephen Kearney, uh, he had limited success, I guess, with Parramatta and the Warriors, but he's still there back there with Craig Bellamy at Melbourne now. Jason Taylor as well was out, out there, um, and he went on, as we know, with Parramatta and, and South Sydney. And then under Bellamy, you've got um, other current coaches like uh, Michael Maguire. He was under Bellamy. Adam O'Brien, he was under Bellamy. Uh, Anthony Seabold, not coaching at the moment, but he was also there um, under Bellamy. And Bellamy, if you do the family tree, it goes back. He would have been coached, I reckon, by Tim Sheens, wouldn't he? Um, Absolutely, And yeah. the Reptile, yeah. Reptile sent me a text. What about Tim Sheens and the coaches that uh, come out of his coaching? So... Yeah, it's, it's quite an interesting uh, coaching family tree. Albie, thanks for jumping on the line, mate, and we'll, uh, we'll do something. I don't know what you'll come up with next Sunday, but uh, we'll talk to you then. I, I guarantee you it'll be something to do with Newtown. I promise you that. I look forward to that. And I'm um, looking at the screen now, and I'll replay uh, Newtown uh, against Manly. I reckon this might be the, uh, the major semi-final, the major semi-final that took Newtown. There's Tommy, took them through to play Parramatta. Would that be right? Yeah, this one they they win they won that particular game to play the minor premiers, the Eastern Suburbs Roosters, the following Saturday at uh, at the SCG. So we'll talk about that uh, next week. All right, thanks, Albie. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Thanks, Chris. There you are, Albie Tellerico with the Albie Files. It's coming up to quarter past one. This is NRL Match Day. Now the stage is set for the best season yet. You'll see, and you will hear me every week when I.
it seems. So that can only mean one thing, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And again, good afternoon to you. It's 20 past one, NRL match day. We're here till three. Hoodoo gurus can only mean one thing. That must mean it's time to talk to the NRL Profits Guru. And uh, the guru is on the dog and bone. Uh, Beforeyoubet.com.au. Beforeyoubet.com.au. That's the uh, the website you need to go to uh, to find all the good oil on uh, the match this afternoon between Parramatta and Newcastle. And Guru will chat to us now about uh, the matches we've already seen. Happy Sunday. Good afternoon, Guru. G'day, Chris. Thanks for having me, mate. Always a pleasure, you know that. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Um, now, whoever coined the phrase, uh, it's a whole new ball game, finals footy, they are absolutely bloody spot on because the NRL finals now, in fact, the whole competition, after last night's upset victory, uh, Souths over Penrith has really turned the competition on its head. I'll just go through. Uh, this is what is happening then over the next few weeks, okay? So we've got um, the Eels of Newcastle playing this afternoon at Brown Park in Rockhampton, sudden death. The winner of that will then go on to play Penrith next weekend. Also next weekend, we have Manly against the Roosters. So either the Roosters or Manly, the winner of that will go on to play South Sydney. All right, so the winner of Penrith against either the Eels or Newcastle will go on to play the Storm. And then the grand final is uh, the following week after that. So, Guru, let's uh, rewind. Let's go back to Friday night, first of all, shall we? And uh, Sunshine Coast Stadium, Melbourne Storm 40, Manly 12. People were saying that you know, Tommy Turbo was, was really silenced, um, but they hatched a game plan, didn't they? Craig Bellamy came up with the goods. Yeah, well, big game, and all of a sudden, Melbourne lift. That They were just terrific in multiple areas of the storm, and they showed why they were the minor premiers this year. Look, there's a few stats which probably lend to the scoreline. The first one's possession. Melbourne had 61% compared to Manly's 39%. Melbourne completed at 90%, while Manly completed at 72%, and Melbourne averaged more metres per carry and post-contact metres. And they also had five line breaks to zero for Manly. It was the perfect game plan for Melbourne. They just strangled Manly. They actually frustrated Manly as well, and you could see that that was building. I still think Manly will be better again for that match, mm. um, but it's 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 definitely it's definitely a testament to how well the Storm were playing, and they were terrific. Yeah, I agree with you, and and you're right there. You, you hit the nail on the head there with the possession. You want to give Melbourne Storm what 62% possession of the match? Well, you're not going to beat them. Simple as that. Can't do it. I think Desi Hasler said that in the post-match press conference. You know. The same thing happened when they were beaten 28-18. Just gave them too much cheap ball. Um, you've got to be clinical against Melbourne. You've got to be methodical as well, as well as throwing the ball around. But they were they were out of action, weren't they? Three tries in the first 15 minutes, and there was no way back for them. But I agree with you, Guru. They will be better next weekend when they play the Roosters because the Roosters, they, they got over the line only just 25-24 uh, last night. Uh, in Townsville over the Gold Coast Titans. Um, and I said earlier, earlier in the season, mid, mid-season, 35-24 was the result. Sam Walker kicking a 78th-minute drop goal. He's done it again, this time in the 77th minute. Sam Walker drop goal, Roosters through 25-24. Yeah, mate. Look, and you said before about uh, the, the previous phrase. The other phrase I want to, uh, you know, copyright is how good is rugby league? It is just <laughs> delivering week after week. And again, look, this was a great game and arguably the wrong result. The Titans had the opportunity. 
with the last play of the game to seal the match and they didn't execute um, when they needed to and they, they bombed that opportunity. But you, you look, take nothing away from the Roosters. We know how tough they've been each and every week. I think there, was, there were times last night where their season probably was getting the better of them and yeah. they looked gassed at different times. But they did what was required. They got the win. Um, the Titans still failed to beat a top eight team this season, so that's of concern for them, which they need to address. Although they, you know, they push the Roosters, I, I still think it's a a failed season for them. And look, the stats across the across the park were, were quite even, except the Roosters allow the Titans ten point three meters per carry. They, if they allow Manly to do that next week and roll through them, they're going to find themselves, you know, quite out of the contest quickly. Yeah, I think you're right there. Um, what a finish! But you're right. I mean, all they had to do was well, not all they had to do was. Uh, Patrick Herbert, give that ball to Fafita. He scores for sure. He scores for sure. And uh, we'd be talking about the Titans going ahead to play Manly next weekend. We're not. We're talking about the Roosters. And did you? I guess you watched that match, did you, Guru? What about Matty Cavalu? How's he feeling today? <laughs> yeah, rocks, rocks and diamonds to Cavalu last night. He can score a try and also put his team under pressure, oh, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. He's coughed up the ball, a uh, carry off his own line, and uh, easiest try as you like for... For the Titans. All right, well, they go through the Roosters, but I sort of agree with you again. They, You sort of saw signs, didn't you, that, look, maybe maybe it has been a little too long for them. They've battled on. Um, tip for next week, then, an early tip. You think Manly will get them? Yeah, I do. I, I just don't think that the, the Roosters will um, have the... Have the fitness in their legs. I, I think they've reached the end of their their mm. campaign. So I, I still think it'll be close. So you, yeah. you can't write the roosters off. No. But yeah, Manly Manly's the favourite in my mind. All right, absolutely. Now last night, Penrith Panthers and uh, the Rabbitohs, uh, they didn't score a point in the second half. Uh, Penrith, I don't think it was a point. Was it, it was ten all at half time. Rabbitohs were just outstanding. Outstanding, and we all sort of, uh, I drew a line through them, no Luttrell, no chance, and I put my hand up. I was wrong, but plenty of others were as well. As well. Yeah, mate, I'm in that same category. I, I gave them a chance, but the chance was reduced, um, and, and I certainly thought that they'd be competitive against the Panthers. And when we spoke on Thursday night, I tipped them 1-12, to 12, Penrith. And look, credit to South, they just, they, they toughened up in the middle, and what they did was they actually put a lot of pressure on the outside backs when they were coming off their own line in their kick returns. And it actually it actually got South in the front foot defensively. It was a top effort there. The possession was pretty even. South completed at a really high level. They had more post-contact metres than the Panthers. Four line breaks each. And South were better in missed tackles and also errors. So they took care of the little things and they were given the opportunity. They grinded out a really tough win. And look, credit to the Rabbitohs. It just... It just shows that maybe this uh, this competition isn't a foregone conclusion as we think. Well, we thought it we thought it was a, you know, a two horse race, didn't we? Look, most of us, and you put your hand up as well. We, heart of hearts, you, you thought it was going to be Melbourne and Penrith in the grand final, and um, I guess it's refreshing in in one way that that can no longer happen. So, um, but South Sydney, they had keep in mind too, they'd lost their last five against Penrith, including last year's prelim final, twenty sixteen. I think was the score there. They they lost. Um, They'd lost both games this year. 56-12, they were beaten in Dubbo by Penrith. And then 25-12, they were beaten in uh, only a few weeks ago in round 23 when uh, the Panthers piled on 25 unanswered points. So it was an amazing, yeah. really big performance. Adam Reynolds' kicking game was spot on. And young Blake Taff, I mean, an, an error early on from him, but uh, he had a, he's an outstanding game. 
Yeah, he, he's a solid young player. And when we spoke on Thursday, I said that the, the Rabbitohs hadn't scored over 20 points against the Panthers in the past seven matches. And, well, they didn't need to here. They just had yeah. to score 16 and defend their backsides off. So credit to them and, and credit to Wayne Bennett for, for bringing that side to that level last night. All right. Well, let's look ahead then, uh, Guru. And by the way, listeners, you can um, check out the website before you bet com.au if you are having a bet that is um, and do gamble responsibly before you bet.com.au the profits guru uh, you'll find all the good oil there so the eels play the knights this afternoon five past four kickoff at brown park in rockhampton the winner goes through and plays penrith next weekend in Mackay. the loser um, they pack their bags ready for their well they don't have mad mondays anymore um whatever they do they they're gone they say goodbye, Tata. Um, I see uh, one match only between these two this year. Parramatta 40, Newcastle 4. And as we know, Parramatta rested a stack of their players last weekend. Yeah, look, the Eels are a $1.42 favourites here. Newcastle 295 outsiders. The Eels have won the past three against the Knights. And of those past five wins, that, that round 13 fixture you mentioned this year, that was the only game above six points. So it has been a previous tight history between these two sides. The Knights, well, I've got my reservations about them as a, as a team. They've had the second worst attack in the competition, averaging just 17.8 points per game compared to Parramatta's 23.6. And in defence, the Knights concede 23.8 points per game compared to the Eels' 19. So I think if the Knights are to win, they need their big guns to fire in this game consistently. And the thing with the Eels is they've actually... We spoke on Thursday about Nathan Cleary's kicking game. Well, the Eels actually have the best kick meters this year of any club. And I think if, if they get into an arm wrestle, they're going to pass it back to Moses, they're going to kick deep, and they're really going to pressure them there. So I can't see the Knights overcoming that in 80 minutes. And I like the Eels to cover the line, which is at, uh, seven and a half. All right. Now, um, I've asked you this before, and you don't declare your colours because you need to be impartial given the role that you play in uh, the sports uh, media and, and the betting landscape. I have declared my colours, and people know that I was a Parramatta junior and I would have bled blue and gold, all right? So I've still got very much a soft spot for Parramatta. I see them beating Newcastle this afternoon because, like you, Guru, I haven't seen enough from the Knights consistently this season. And if the truth be known, they shouldn't really be in the finals, really, should be given they lost more games than they won. However, if the Eels beat Newcastle, they then play the Panthers next weekend. I'm not saying that yeah. that's a done deal for the Panthers in any way at all. Parramatta really stretched Penrith. They only lost by one point uh, early in the season, 13-12. And I'm not really even taking any notice of last weekend's loss to Penrith. I think the Eels could certainly yeah. roll the, the Panthers on their day. Chris, you make a really strong case. And if we've seen one thing from the Eels this year, it's, it's been their ability to lift the big games. They did it for Melbourne. Um, in beating them twice this year, and they did it by losing, you know, one point to the Panthers. So I don't think you can you can write the Eels off at this stage. That promises to be one hell of a clash, I must say. Wow. So then, and I'm um, speaking on behalf of you Parramatta fans out there. After you beat Newcastle, after you beat Penrith, you play Melbourne, as the Guru pointed out. Well, they're no problem. You've beaten them twice already this season. <laughs> Guru, thanks for joining us, mate. Um, we might chat during the week, if you don't mind, and uh, enjoy your afternoon. What, what are your plans? Mate, uh, I'm actually going to mow the lawns and then park myself in front of the TV at 4 p.m. 
can you not uh, do the TV bit and come around and do my lawns as well, and I'll just watch the footy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry, mate. No deal. Right. Okay, no deal. <laughs> Thanks, mate. We'll talk again soon. Cheers, Chris. Have a good one. There he is. Uh, the Profits Guru, beforeyoubet.com.au. Gamble responsibly. And great to have your company. I hope you are enjoying this fabulous weather in Sydney town. It was gorgeous, uh, gorgeous this morning. I think still blue skies out there and up around 30 degrees. We're only in, what are we, the second uh, week of spring. Well, it feels like a balmy summer's day out there. And beaches, busy. My goodness, I went down the beach early this morning. Couldn't get a park. Could not find a place to park the car. And uh, it was almost late for work. Um, but thankfully I wasn't. Hope you're enjoying your afternoon. I do digress and I do apologise for that. I don't apologise. It's my show, isn't it? I'm allowed to talk whatever I want. That's to right. Me. Is that right? Mad Russian's with me in here. And uh, Cowboy Dan. What happened to him? He must have had a sleep in, didn't he's he? He's at the beach. He's at the beach? Yeah, he's he's taking up one of those car parks. Thanks, Cowboy. Do you know Cowboy's never surfed? Never surfed? Well, he lived in Melbourne for five years he's or never, so, I think. So he's never fished. He's never fished. Never held a fishing rod. Ooh, never out. surfed. We'll have to take him He's out. just started playing tennis, and he's only just realised there's a kitchen in his home. <laughs> True. Single-minded. He's, he's one unique individual, Cowboy Dan, I tell you what. Anyway, it's good to have you here, um, Mad Russian, My filling pleasure. in. He's normally he's normally um, holding hands with lovely Sophie on the sofa. Um, that that's probably works, doesn't it? Sophie likes the sofa. And you're holding hands with me in here up until 3 o'clock. Uh, Scotty Bailey, a very good sports uh, journal. Well, you're not holding hands with me. You're over there. No, and you've it's all tied yourself in some serious knots there. Yes, yes. They're not, not, not tired. Um, Scotty Bailey uh, is on the line. Good afternoon, Scott. How are you, buddy? Hey, Chris, going well, mate, yourself? I'm good, I'm good. So, how have you spent your morning, pray tell? Uh, took the little one to the playground for a bit this morning, almost got blown away, then got chased by a whiffer spring class. So, that's uh, about as close as we're getting, <laughs> getting to the beach at the moment, but Hang it's going on. well. What happened? Oh, we got the sprinkler out, because obviously that's, oh, um, that's, yeah. that's the that's our version of the beach at the, the moment snake. at home. So, the, um, and it goes crazy yeah. on the back lawn, the snake, when you take the nozzle off, that one, yeah? Yes, yeah, yes, yes. So I uh, got chased around by her with that. And you can get some really good of those those good spray, high-powered spray guns too from Bunnings and other warehouses, uh, department stores, and yeah, a bit of fun with them. I like that. Your little one's how old? Two, is it? Uh, two, two. So probably can't get it with the high-powered one. No, yet, yeah, but, uh, you, can, <laughs> you could adjust, yeah, just adjust adjust the pressure gauge a little bit for the two-year-olds. Righto, mate, let's talk some, uh, some serious stuff. Um, now, I'm not quite sure if, which way you look at this, it can be seen as quite refreshing that it's no longer a two-horse race. We won't have Melbourne and Penrith in the grand final. Or on the flip side, well, it's a bit disappointing that the two best teams after the regular season can't compete for the trophy. Mm. Yeah, I know I'm a minority on this. I, I really dislike the fact that in this system that one upset in the first week of the finals means that you can't have the two best teams play off for the trophy. I mean... South arguably now one of the two best teams that for a year and a half and you know, all of this year it's been pretty clear that Melbourne and Penrith have been the two best sides so obviously South fans will disagree and probably Manly fans too I dare say because they won't have to meet one of them in the preliminary finals and Roosters for that matter but uh, for a neutral I would have thought yeah it's a, it's a little bit disappointing that we can't have a Melbourne v Penrith grand final but I guess we just get it a week early now in, uh, in week three of the, of the finals Yes yeah um 
And you know, the other the other school of thought though, it, it does throw everything on its head, doesn't it? It throws the competition mm. right on its head. And um, yeah, the commercial, the, the 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 bean counters at the NRL, I reckon they'd quite enjoy this, wouldn't they? It'd be they'd be rubbing their hands with glee, I would have thought, because as you say, um, we could well have a grand final pre the grand final as well. Um, mm. So a lot of hype, a lot of hype around that. Bennett and uh, and Cleary, um, they've had a bit of a war of words, if you like, um, after that match yesterday. Uh, wh- who's in the right? Who's in the wrong here? I-, I haven't got a problem with Wayne Bennett going to the NRL um, if he sees something that he thinks might be, I don't know, out of the spirit of the game or even illegal. He didn't play it out in the media, but now it certainly is out there. I think it's one of the, one of the great stories of this year, to be honest. I think it's hilarious. Um <laughs> So, so a really important bit of information on this and a bit of context is, my understanding is I think it was after the State of Origin 2 last year, a similar complaint was made about the way New South Wales was setting their block plays. Mm. Um, and obviously Wayne Bennett was Queensland coach at the time and uh, he was concerned that his players weren't able to put pressure on Nathan Cleary yeah. as the New South Wales halfback. And the message from what I've been told came down from you know, the NRL officials down to New South Wales Rugby League saying, no, no, you've got to change the way you... You have to do your kick blockers. It's illegal. You have to change your tactics. Yep. Uh, and sure enough, Christian Welch managed to do an absolute job on Nathan Cleary inside of Origin 3 last year. Queensland win the series. So then fast forward, what are we, 10 months later, a uh, similar thing happens in round 23. Uh, Nathan Cleary absolutely destroys South Sydney's back three. And the similar qu- question goes in from Bennett to the NRL for clarification yeah. on kick blockers. So Penrith knew straight away, as soon as that question was raised with them about their kick blockers and maybe a change of tactics that had come from Wayne Bennett because who else would it have come from? It's the exact same yeah. story 10 months later. And, and then the fallout just been, it's been spectacular. I, I don't have a problem with what Wayne Bennett did on Friday. I mean, of course I don't have a problem. It made for a great story. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as Ivan Cleary said last night, you're not human if you're you know, a referee and you aren't somewhat influenced by that and you don't notice or you're not paying more attention to kick blockers. Yeah. Uh, it, it was hard to view last night because because of the way the game was shot and obviously we're all stuck in Sydney so we're not there. It was hard to actually see if Ken, if Penrith's kick blockers were changing direction or were, were at all different to what they have been in previous weeks. Mm. Um, but Ivan certainly made a point in the press conference that he thought that, um, that the referees had treated them a bit differently and were relaying different advice to what they normally do. And you know, My only insinuation that could be that um, that Obviously, they were on thick because so mm. it, it's a funny one. The other, the other really interesting one, from, from what I've been told, is Wayne made his comments on Friday, and Penrith are very quick to be able to spot the exact same, um, dare we call it, questionable mm. uh, kick blocking tactics um, by South Sydney in that game in round 23. In fact, the first two first two sets of the game apparently. What I've been told, there were also questionable stuff in South Sydney. It's, it's just a great storyline. Wayne, so Wayne, says, Wayne says that he made the comments to the uh, NRL three weeks ago, is what he's saying. So, And he's saying, well, I haven't gone to the media, um, but now it's out in the media because uh, Ivan has, has pretty much made it public. So um, I guess, Scott, you, I'm pointing my finger at you, <laughs> and I'm also in the media. Um, I guess we have some responsibility too, do we? Uh, putting a adding pressure on the referees? Oh, look, maybe. But, you know, when we think about all the rugby league storylines and what we could be writing about and talking about... And just doing dramas, your job. You're just doing your job. 
Well, that too. But I mean, this is a pure rugby league storyline, right? Like this isn't about off-field scandals. It's not even about players moving clubs. This is about tactics in the game. And yeah. it's what coaches endlessly complain that we don't talk enough about. So we are talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> so, so I actually think it's, yeah, okay. Yeah, it probably does have some influence on the referees. But the whole situation, what the lesson this all is, is that it's very hard to play mind games with Wayne Bennett. Mm. Because, you know, Ivan probably did a good job at the other day. But of course, Wayne walked in last night and he, he threw it right back at Ivan, didn't he? Yeah, and, I, and Ivan's right too, you know, even if uh, it would be hard for the referees not to at least, you know, know that this is going on in the background and, and, and having a little bit of a look at those those kick blockers. I didn't pay close attention to it last night. I mean, it was played at a frantic pace. All I mm. will say is that Ivan, uh, that Nathan Cleary's kicking game was not as strong perhaps as it has been in recent weeks. And you're right. I mean, he absolutely terrorised Josh Mansour um, in that round 23 game, I think it, I think it might have been. But um, the other thing too <laughs> on the, on those block plays too. I'm talking to Scotty Bailey, by the way, uh, rugby league journo. With the block plays, and this was pointed out last night after the Roosters narrowly escaped mm. with a victory over the Titans by the one point. In fact, it appears it was an illegal play. They had a couple of block players shielding Sam Walker. They did. Yes, uh, re- to the letter of the law, that looked to me like an illegal play. It'll be very interesting to see what we hear from Graham Annesley tomorrow mm. and whether the NRL uh, yeah, admit that, or whether they say they got that one wrong. Because if you follow the letter of the law, that you can't build a wall that, that blocks players coming at a guy who's taking a, a shot at field goal. And to my eye, that you know that was certainly the case. The Roosters set two guys up there and, and you know, denied the Titans a chance to put the right amount of kick pressure on Sam Walker. It was interesting in Justin Holbrook's press conference last night. He he alluded to the fact that you know, the Titans really didn't get the rub of the green in that game. But then, as he rightly pointed out, and this doesn't justify uh, decisions going against them, but as he rightly pointed out, if Patrick Herbert either commits to the line and goes or, or throws that pass a few seconds earlier, then... No one's talking about refereeing decisions. It is still on the Titans to win that game. I think there are a few dodgy decisions and not not Titans way or Roosters way. You know, I think there are a couple mm. of bad errors by the referee actually in that game, but I'm not one to bag referees. I never have and I, I won't go down that, that route. But just on that blocking um, incident, and, and for our listeners, you, you're probably, you know, you're a well-educated bunch, but this is the way it works. I, I wasn't aware, but you are allowed to have um, two blockers but they have to be on either side of the ruck. So basically you can't have both block forwards standing on that open side, shielding the kicker. Um, and that was brought in about three or four years ago. I think it was that new rule. And I wasn't aware of that until um, Shane Flanagan actually pointed that out to me yesterday, that uh, that, that is the new rule going forward. So just so you know that, and those block runners, they've got to be stationary um, or they yeah. can move forward. They yeah. can't change direction. Um, moving on. So mate, the, I was gonna sorry. Say, yeah. Okay. Go for it. I was going to say, so yeah, the, the definition from the NRL uh, on the wall as far as when we're talking about the field goal is if two or more players form a wall side by side next to the play, play the ball and don't allow the opportunity for a defending player to move t- directly towards the player in possession, the referee will penalise for obstruction. And based on that interpretation alone, that to me would suggest that, that Roos's field goal should have been denied. But, you know, like we say, the Titans throw that last pass earlier. We're, we're not talking about that. All right, Sam Verrill's facing uh, one or two games suspension for a reckless uh, grade two uh, or careless grade two careless high tackle. Any word on whether whether they'll fight that? I'm sure they will. 
Not yet. It's it's actually an interesting one, I think, because do you find it if they if they accept the charge, it's only one week. Right. Do they back themselves to beat Manly without him? Because if they fight it and lose, or challenge the grading and lose, uh, even challenging the grading would result in this. It'd be a two-week ban, mm. which means missing the preliminary final if they get that far. So it's kind of really a decision for well, A, do they think they can beat it? And the way that process works is they'll, they'll consult their lawyer um, on that. And, and B, um, is it you know, can they beat Manly without him? And therefore, do they want him there for the for the preliminary final? So it's a really tricky one for the Roosters and, and their legal team. I'm, I'm honestly not sure what while they'll go there. They've got until midday tomorrow to make that decision. Well, so, Lockie Lamb, they might play, if they if they choose to not fight it and uh, take the one match, Lockie Lamb might play hooker and Sam Walker might get a start in the number seven. Moving ahead to today's game, mate, and uh, finally, because I know you've got other stuff to do uh, on a Sunday afternoon, um, more than just playing with sprinklers, um, the winner of this match, <laughs> the winner of this match, Parramatta and Newcastle, uh, they really have to climb Mount Everest, don't they, to make the grand final? They do, they do. It's a, yeah, I tell you, the winner of this match is the big loser out of last night's results. That's sort of why I look at it. They, yeah, they face Penrith into Melbourne. I think Parramatta will be too good today. Um, I know they've struggled a bit, but their last start for the majority of their players uh, was that winning against Melbourne. So I think they'll be too good today. But geez, it's hard to see them getting past Penrith next week. Whoever wins it, and just quickly, a really, really important day for Brad Arthur, given um, you know the criticism and question marks around his future he's off contract next year and decide he's picked look I understand his decision not to play Ryan Madison because he wasn't in the team that beat Melbourne but um yeah if it goes wrong geez it could be a really tough uh, tricky offseason at Parramatta yeah it could it could indeed Scotty Bailey thanks for jumping on the line mate I always love chatting to you talk a lot of sense and uh, we might do it again next Sunday if that's okay with you Sounds great, mate. Pleasure, Chris. Great stuff. There he is uh, from uh, AAP, uh, Rugby League journal. journal uh, Scotty Bailey, uh, other than uh, writing about Rugby League, in his spare time, he likes to play with sprinklers. Marching on, aren't they? They really are marching on. South Sydney and uh, who's having the last laugh? Well, it's not quite the last laugh, uh, but certainly there is a wry grin, isn't there, on the uh, the face of wily old coach Wayne Bennett. It was a, a big, big upset last night, 16-10 over the highly fancied Penrith Panthers team. But South Sydney now, they've earned themselves a, a week off and then they will play either Manly or the Roosters in what is their fourth consecutive preliminary final for a place in the grand final. It really has opened up, hasn't it, uh, for South Sydney? Keep in mind, 
two matches they've played the Roosters this year. They've won the most recent 54 points to 12. They've only played Manly once this year. They won that as well. I will say, however, I will say last night's result has really also opened the door up for Manly, hasn't it? It really has. Yes, Manly have to beat the Roosters, but I think they can beat the Roosters. They lost to the Roosters way back and heavily in round one. But as we know, Manly are a much improved team now. And then they would go on to play South Sydney. They lost to South Sydney, but that was all the way back in round two. Again, they are a much improved team now, aren't they, Manly? So, you know, wouldn't put it past Manly to beat the Roosters and also beat South Sydney. Could happen. And suddenly Manly is in the grand final. Oh, I tell you, as I said, I've said it a couple of times, this competition has been thrown on its head. The competition needs headgear. <laughs> Can we make an oversized headgear for the competition itself? You're a Manly fan, Mad Russian. Mm. You're hearing what I'm saying here, aren't you? You're nodding over there I, saying, wow. I was the biggest South Sydney fan of anyone yeah. last night watching that game. I mean, at the draw, they're not easy games. The Roosters are a very strong side. Winnable for Manly. But a game Manly will be favourites for. And then South Sydney, again, are a very strong side, but they don't have their star player at the end of the day. And they haven't put together two performances like they did mm. against Penrith all season. So, But can you see South Sydney honestly losing four consecutive preliminary finals? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. What, you know... And then there's the fairy tale of we spoke about this earlier in the year when Souths were going great guns of Coach Wayne Bennett riding off into the sunset, his final uh, year in charge of the club. Adam Reynolds, his final year at the club, he rides off with Bennett only on a different horse and he goes to the Broncos and Bennett goes somewhere else to a new club. And that's the bit I'm worried about because Adam Reynolds is in the form of his career. At the, he was Sterling last night. He's got Cody Walker, who's in superb form next to him as well. And those two together, along with that terrific South, and that gets overlooked how good South's pack mm. is, they may be able to make up for the loss of Mat Latrell Mitchell. He's irreplaceable, but together they may, may, may be able to cover the wow. loss. Wow, wow, wow. And, of course, we could have South Sydney go through to the grand final and they could play Penrith again if Penrith beat the Eels or Newcastle next weekend. Now, the other thing is Manly have been known to lose games this season. They're expected to win. And the Roosters are going to put all sorts of pressure on them. What if we got the Book of Feuds? Book of Feuds. Prelim, prelim Book of Feuds. Prelim Book of Feuds. And we know what happened when these two teams last oh. met. You want to talk about feuds? Exactly. That was Latrell. It was Latrell. And Joey Manu. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I tell you what. Oh, I got you excited. Well, there's just so many chapters yeah, now yeah. in these last few weeks. Mm. Talk about a book, the Book of Feuds. I mean, the new chapters have opened up. There are new chapters being written already about these last few weeks when I think we'd all put our pens away. 
all of us scribes, because we really, deep down in our gut, we thought it would be man, uh, Melbourne and Penrith. But that's just not the way it is. Not the way it is. And as I said before, I bet you, I bet you the NRL, the commercial department, rubbing their hands together, given all the hype now around this, uh, this competition. So we've got the Eels against Newcastle this afternoon in Rockhampton. The winner of that will play Penrith next week in Mackay. A double header in Mackay, isn't it? On different days, rather. But both matches are in Mackay next week. Roosters Manly, then Penrith against probably Parramatta. Prelim finals, South Sydney will play the winner of the Roosters and Manly. Melbourne Storm will play the winner of Penrith against Eels, Bracket, Newcastle. It's coming up to 2 o'clock. You are listening to NRL Match Day, a break, and we're going to talk to 60s from the Cumberland Throw. Para, you're brave and bold, and uh, let me tell you, you will need to be brave and bold and a whole lot more as well if you are to take the hard road ahead, some saying climbing Mount Everest to make the NRL Grand Final. Joining us on the line now, he's Parramatta through and through. His name is 60s. He goes by the term 60s. He is the, the major boss, I think, or the voice behind or the brains behind the Cumberland throw. He's got a team working with him as well, I think. Good afternoon to you, 60s. How are you, my friend? I'm really well, Chris, and I've actually got a question I want to ask you right from the start. Uh-huh. You've played you've played NRL football. Who do you reckon gets more nervous in, before matches like this? Players about to run out on the field or the fans? Because I have to tell you, I'm I'm a little bit of a mess inside right now. <laughs> Take some my lanta. You'll you'll remember my lanta, <laughs> won't you? Sixties. We had a bottle of it always sitting in our fridge. My dad used to have it on his. On his breakfast, I think his cereal. Um, oh, I can understand the. Predic- I can't believe that about Rabs. Yeah, no, he lived on my land. He, he got very nervous, uh, not because he was a Parramatta fan, but uh, just the way he was. Um, I can understand what you're saying. You uh, you must be a very nervous lot. Um, the Eels. It's a match you are expected to win this afternoon um, in Rockhampton, but but as we know, as we've seen last night, um, it really is a whole new ball game. Can I ask you, before we look at that match uh, this afternoon, um, last night's game, Penrith losing to South Sydney. I know you can't look too far ahead, but I guess you Eels visionaries, you you would have been probably quietly planning to play South Sydney next week. Instead, you'll have to beat Penrith if you beat Newcastle. Yeah, well, again, I don't want to jump too far ahead because there is that a little team called Newcastle that's standing in the way. But if you're looking at Parramatta's record against those two teams, 
we've had enormous problems against South Sydney in the last couple of years. Mm. And we play the sort of football at our best that I believe gives Penrith some some problems. And South Sydney played that really physical game last night. Mm. And consequently, uh, Penrith struggled with it. So, um, look, I'll, I'll be happy to get through this week and then worry about next week when it happens. But it does make for an interesting battle between Big Brother and Little Brother, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. It sure does. And I don't like looking too far ahead either. But um, from a, forget Parramatta for a moment, 60s. You are, you know, a long-time rusted-on rugby league fan. Forget that you are, you've got blue and gold pumping through your veins. From a fan's perspective, the fact that we now know it can't be a Melbourne and Penrith grand final, is that a good thing or is it, I don't know, slightly unjust. Look, I think it's uh, I think it's actually a good thing for rugby league because there were so many complaints throughout the season that the top teams were cut and dried, that it was going to be a, a Penrith and Storm grand final, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So when you have a team that steps up and they take out one of those one of those teams that were given as, uh, you know, certainly have been in the grand final. How can that be a bad thing? Mm. It's it, it adds it adds life into the finals. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and it does. As I've been saying all day, it's it's really thrown the competition on its head. It's it's opened it up, and and manly, it's opened it up for them as well because they'll fancy their chances of beating the Roosters. They'll they'll I guess fancy their chances of beating South Sydney, and and manly could find themselves in the grand final. Um, who knows? We could have a manly para grand final. I doubt it, but you never never know, do you? Um, let's look to this afternoon's game then. Sixties. Uh, you're coming off a big loss last weekend to Penrith. Um, I guess you can sign that to the waste paper bin, really, because you were playing with. I won't say a reserve grade side, but you had benched a number of your big guns. And this afternoon, eight or nine of them, they are all rested and back. Yeah, and much the same. Uh, Newcastle rested a number of their players last week and then took off uh, Ponga and Pierce nice and early. And they got dished up in their last round. And that was against the Broncos. So uh, how do you draw a line through that last round? Um, Yeah, look. I'll, I'll give you an interesting stat because I know you've been talking this afternoon about uh, Newcastle and their position within the finals and their record through the season. We know that they've come in with a pretty average record for a finals qualifying team. Mm. But you can only play who you're lined up against. So Parramatta have to, have to take on the Knights. And uh, there's some interesting stats from within the season. I just want to present this to you. Mm-hmm. If we break up the match into 20-minute segments, every match that's played this year, Parramatta have a winning record for every period except for the 20 to 40-minute mark, where they've won six and lost 11 during that period and drew seven. Now, the Knights, in contrast have a losing record in every single 20-minute period through the season. Wow. And their worst and their worst is actually straight after half-time, that 40 to 60-minute mark, where they have that same record that Parramatta does in that 20 to 40-minute mark, winning six, losing 11 and drawing seven. And I'm just wondering whether what we're going to see play out today is, is that sort of uh, match-up where Parramatta gets an early dominance, Newcastle claw their way, back just before half time, then Parramatta kick away in the second half. Mm. 
you've played them once this year. You, you thumped them, correct? Yeah, but that was a match where they didn't have Pierce and Ponga. So it's really hard to draw a line through that because uh, the Eels don't have anyone in the team like Kalen Ponga. We don't have that straight out, throw the ball to him, he'll do something on his own sort of player. Parramatta's more of a balanced team. So it, it is hard to draw a line. Uh, I, I could go back to 2001 where the Eels dished the Knights up. I think it was 40 to nil before the final series, and we don't need to really talk about what happened in the grand final that year, do we? No, no, no. You raised it, not me, 60s. It turned into the brain, mate. (laughs) I'd I'd forgotten about that. Um, All the big guns are back. All the big guns are back. Um, Clint Gutherson, he probably hasn't been at his best in... I don't know, at the, the back end of the season, but he, he's, he's not the only one. Mitchell Moses, I, I think he is warming up to something special. His kicking game has been really good, hasn't it, um, in recent weeks as well. No Ryan Madison. Is that a, is, are you shocked by that, or you thought that's the way Brad Arthur would choose to go? I, my thought before the team selections came out, that whatever BA decided with his back row pairing was going to determine that someone was going to miss out on the, on the top 17. Now, he's, he's basically gone and rewarded the team that beat Melbourne a couple of weeks ago where the back row pairing was uh, Nakore and Sean Lane. Now, as soon as that's happened, I reckon in terms of the bench composition, it's just pushed Ryan Madison out because you've got... He likes his game breaker in Cartwright. He's got the uh, the front rowers uh, coming off, uh, and Madison doesn't fit into that. He's mm. got his utility uh, reserve in Will Smith. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I think as soon as that back row decision was made yeah. and Murata Nukore was selected in the back row, that was going to consign Ryan Madison to the reserves. Yeah, um, Newcastle have got Daniel Safidi back from, I think, a knee injury. He's been out for uh, about a month as well. Uh, would you agree that uh, Parramatta, if they're two big boys up front, Paulo and Campbell Gillard's back on deck too, isn't he, from uh, from injury? We know when those two, f- over the past couple of years, when those two fire, or more often than not, you come away with a win. Yeah, and really, Parramatta likes to play what is really Rugby League 101, isn't it? They get that dominance in the forwards, they... Uh, look for field position with with their uh, with the forwards platform and with a good kicking game and a good kick chase. They work their attack off really grinding the opposition down, and the forwards are a big part of that. Junior's got that extra skill set with being able to uh, get a bit of second phase happening, and and Reg really brings that power running into the forwards. And uh, we can't we can't forget about uh, Makahesi Makatoa mm. and Isaiah Papali'i, who will probably both be playing that uh, middle forward first rotation because uh, I don't think you could get a better first rotation across the competition than Isaiah Papali'i. With the season that he's had to be coming on as an impact player, and uh, as I said, Makatoa hasn't let anyone down. He's probably surprised more than a few people. Mm. Uh, no, he's been great, hasn't he, Papa Lee? And Makatoa loved uh, every game I've seen from him. I think it's only been three or four games for him. Mate, well, 60s um, and all you Parramatta fans, on your on behalf of you, I hope the season uh, is kept alive. 
Um, and Newcastle Knights fans, uh, uh, they won't be li- like hearing me say that. But good luck this afternoon to uh, to all you Eels uh, players. And uh, we might speak again if your season is still alive next week. Mate, I'm going to mark it down on the calendar that you and I will be speaking next week. Okay. How's that? <laughs> Perfect. Well done, 60s. Same time, same bat channel. Uh, there he is, 60s from uh, the Cumberland Throw dot com dot au good fella and uh, a friend of the show let's call him a friend of the show nice fella there is 60s uh, i've got a text in here we played the south sydney theme song earlier uh, after their great win last night we also played the Parramatta theme song click go the shears there the shears um coming into uh, talking to 60s this one here is from mikey in geelong hi now we have to listen to the south sydney theme song can we listen to the mighty Melbourne Storm song? Cheers, Mikey, in Geelong. Um, we can do that. Here it is. We're going to chat to Noddy Kamali next. We'll hit them high. We'll take them down. When the storm hits, we'll blow the others out of town. We'll push them back. We'll make them pay. It takes me no mistakes, we'll make the play. We'll show them time, we'll show them speed. The will to win is all we need. We... And I'm glad you are listening to uh, Match Day. We're here from midday till three each and every Sunday. We'll be here again uh, next Sunday as well. We've got higher ground for you coming up this week. Uh, tomorrow night, Monday night, we'll do it again Wednesday night and special Thursday night, finals preview edition of Higher Ground. So um, stay tuned to that as well. Joining us on the line now, and we do this for Gallagher Insurance Brokers, proud partner of the Gallagher Kangaroos. Visit ajg.com.au. It's a very good afternoon and welcome to Brett Kamali. How are you, mate? Good afternoon, Chris. Yeah, very good. Thank you. What a beautiful Sunday afternoon or Sunday day, really. It's gorgeous, isn't it, out there? I always, um, I always like to know what you're up to. What have you been doing today? Uh, today, not too much actually. It's been a nice casual day. Up early for sunrise, and then just um, chilling around this morning. Watched a little bit of golf, a bit of housework. Really? Uh, got got three o'clock training in the garage today, buddy. So who are you about and, to go in and do it? You and the girls, or who are you me training with? Yeah, me and the girls, yes. In what do you got, a little, uh, little girls. circuit session or something? I've got a little circuit, yeah. got a ski erg. Um, Spud's been helping me out with what to do on the ski erg when we've been commentating together, so it's been good. Uh, spin bike, dumbbells, bench. Like um, it. Yeah, so beautiful training and then, um, yeah. just that um, good. Have you got it to, um, you got some music to the intervals circuit? Uh, not, not any sort of music. Oh, well, I'll send you what, some. Whatever. I'll send you some. If you're happy to send do, I do 45 second on 15 rest, uh, se- sessions of eight eight circuits by three, 24 minutes, you're out of there. You want me to send it to you? Lovely. That sounds, yeah, lovely. That sounds like a great idea. That's about how, how long we last in there. So, yeah, you're in and out. Um, in and out, yeah. Brussels sprout. In and Bang, out, yeah. Boom. Yeah, right. in and out. Feel good. Done, done, done some arms, you know. <laughs> yeah, I can't do the, I can't do the, the Warwick's because uh, I've got busted biceps and I can't even do dumbbells. Yeah. But I'm more Pilates sort of guy these days, you know, yoga and Pilates, yeah. and you wouldn't think it, would you? I mean, you know, the specimen Much that more I am. Peace with yourself, <laughs> eh? <laughs> right now, we're going to talk about the, your um, Noddy's kangaroos, and again, to those that might be uh, just uh, first-time listeners to the show, each week uh, Noddy comes up with a 13-man team 
that would be uh, would play for the Kangaroos. They'd pull on the green and gold if the game was tomorrow or the next day or this week. A hypothetical game. Mal Meninga is the coach and Noddy runs the team past me. I give it the, uh, the final rubber stamp and then we present it to Mal Meninga. We're going to go through that. Uh, 13 shortly before we do mate let's just talk a, a little bit about the games that we've we've seen already and what about last night I, I know you would have watched it if not working on it but um honestly honestly did you see that coming from south sydney no i didn't know i actually thought we, they had no chance to win no the troll mitchell uh they would struggle to score points um it was the defensive effort of all efforts, wasn't it? It was built on defence, um, great running game from the half, or the two halves, great kicking game from Adam Reynolds, but they just defended the house down. I, I thought they would struggle to score points against the best defensive unit in the comp, but in the end they did. They only scored 18, but the good part is that they defended the house down and only let South score two tries. So um, I, I thought it was an amazing effort. What's Wayne Bennett, 35 years as a coach and seven premierships. So he knows a little bit about how to get up for this time of year or how to, the adverse, how to handle the adversity from the troll not playing. And yeah. uh, apart from the first mistake from Blake Taff, I thought he actually had a wonderful game as well. So the young kid is going to be a good player of the future. I know what well, we were all talking about. That was the headline going into the match. Blake Taff, what, how's he going to go under the high ball? We saw Nathan Cleary absolutely terrorise Josh Mansour when they last met these teams. And Josh is still rolling around at night. Uh, having nightmares about that. As you say, Blake, he dropped uh, the second one, I think it was. He dropped it, and I was calling the game. I was thinking, it, was, it was almost like my heart in mouth every time a high ball went up, but he, uh, he warmed to the task. He got better as the match went on, and um, a really good performance from him. If we rewind, uh, well, well, let's just, just stay with that for a moment. Penrith, though, um, there's a bit of a feud breaking out there between Ivan Cleary and, and Wayne Bennett about, you know, Wayne Bennett, approaching the NRL and, and referees and inadvertently or or intentionally putting extra pressure on, on the referees. Do you have an opinion on, on all of that? Oh, yeah. I'm not too sure if that will keep escalating. Obviously, Wayne wasn't happy that, that Ivan went to the media and, and forced him to speak. I think Wayne, I, I sort of take it on Wayne's side that he'd gone to the NRL a few weeks ago to ask about some questions and some blockers and bits and pieces uh, and get clarity on it. Um, it, it the Penrith, you know what happened last night? Penrith actually got a penalty that wasn't warranted a penalty um, on a tackle on Nathan Cleary as he kicked the football. So I agree, agree. He got he got he got some outcome of what he was after, um, Wayne. And obviously he was he was telling the sides that he can't have blockers. The funny thing about that is the big rule we saw picked up on the weekend was catching the ball on the inside of the lead runner. So there was a few. I think we've lost Noddy there. We've lost Noddy there. He was talking about um, Wayne Bennett and, and Ivan Cleary, and it's all in the papers today, uh, what they both said uh, out of the press conferences uh, last night. And Wayne had approached, uh, Wayne says a few weeks ago, the NRL, after they last played South Sydney. Noddy's back on the line there. Now, I was just saying um, last night there was a decision that, that probably did go South Sydney's um, uh, Pen Penrith's way, rather, wasn't it? Um, um, a charge down, if you like, on uh, on Nathan Cleary, which really shouldn't have been a penalty. No, that's right, yeah. So, Wayne, you know, I, I think Penrith, in some regards, got the wrap of that poor decision. Uh, the one thing I was going to say was about, obviously, the, all the obstruction penalties that got given over the weekend. Um, so, you can't catch on the inside of the lead runner and run around him. That's always been the rule, but they've policed it very heavily this weekend. But if you go to the field goal that Sam Walker nailed, and it was a brilliant field goal, and he came up with yep. a couple of big plays, Sam Walker, in the last couple of minutes of that match, 
the Roosters sent three or two players forward and were, were deliberate blockers to the marker. Yep. But that was missed in that game because that wasn't any of those coaches weren't no. making comments about blockers or, or people affecting kick pressure. I wonder why that wasn't sent or why didn't they pick that up in the bunker? Um, and I, I've, I've sort of looked at the rules and someone was telling me yesterday, no, the only thing they can go to with that drop goal is to confirm whether the ball went through the uprights. That's all they can go to with a, with a drop goal um, and the bunker. I find that hard to believe, particularly when this has been, all the talk has been about blockers, etc. cetera. Um, but you're right, you know, letter of the law, it, it was an illegal play. Well, why, why do we go to the bunker for oh, no. kicks that are downfield and have the ability to have the bunker overrule an escort or bits and pieces like that? Isn't that the same situ- yeah. same scenario? Absolutely. I'll be keen to hear from it's, Graham. We, 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 we sometimes can, we sometimes forget about just getting the, the the simple rules or the same rules in every game correct because uh, and again, I Sam Beryl's was a very much a very similar tackle to uh, Ryan Madison and knowing that he's been charged, I think that's pretty accurate on mm. on what happened. But if that had occurred 10 weeks ago, he's probably getting sent off or 10 in the bin, Sam Verrills. Yeah, well, the rules have sort of changed uh, on the hop, haven't they, week to week. Um, Roosters, though, very lucky, weren't they, to, to hold on and get out of jail there with that one point from um, Sam Walker. Poor old Titans, though, Noddy. All uh, all he had to do, um, Patrick Herbert wasn't, all he had to do was give it to Fafita and, and they're, they're through to week two of the finals. Yeah, that's right. He had he had three options. He had four options. And he, the, the option four was the worst one he decided to do was to take the line on and flick it out of his backside, still with three tackles to go. You're right. Pass the ball to David Fafita. Pass the ball to his winger or get tackled. And they would have scored within two or three tackles anyway. So... Um, yeah, it was a horrible outcome for Patrick Herbert, and um, you know the Titans were never really in the game, but they kept they were courageous and they kept trying, and it was like it was like each each side wanted to try and see who could lose the game more than someone else winning the game. Um, it, it was poor completion rate, very close, very exciting. I actually thought at the end there the the Titans were going to steal victory, um, but not to be from their own mistakes. So um, Josh Morris's career will continue for one more week at least for now. Um, yes. I'm not too sure we'll end up playing dummy half for him next week, but um, yeah, I, I think if you, if you look at the three games we've had so far, two matches had, well, Melbourne had unbelievable high completion rate, line speed, kick pressure, just played the opposition out of the game. South Sydney had high high completion rate, great kicking game, and literally stopped yeah. you know, technically the second best team in the competition. So yeah. um, the rules of the semi finals is high completion rate, great kicking game, and defend the house down. So yeah, um, you can't play poor. Well, there you go, and that is the that is the winning formula. That that's what finals are all about, and you've got to be your best. If you're off if you're off colour, you're gonna lose. Um, just quickly before we talk about the Noddy's Kangaroos or the Gallagher's Kangaroos, your Gallagher's Kangaroos, the fact that we can't have Melbourne and Penrith in a grand final now, is that uh, a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I think that's what we all thought the grand final was going to be. What's going to happen now is we're potentially going to have, we could have two or three grand finals this year, couldn't we? If, we, we will, if Penrith are able to bounce back, which we think they will do next weekend and win, well, they will play Melbourne in a grand final qualifier. So we could get the, the, a grand final that week as a preview to technically the grand final. So it, yeah. uh, I think as league, fan, as league fans, we're, we thought the top six was the top six. I think the seventh and eighth are 
potentially making up the numbers, but we'll see what happens today with Newcastle. But, um, you know, that, uh, that game of football last night was brilliant from Penrith and South. That was a high-quality, great game of football. I know Penrith were a little bit off. Or is that the pressure and the, and the great game from South Sydney that made him a little bit off? And, yes, it was. Uh, the, 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 the clinical performance from the Melbourne Storm was first class. Like, that's great football to watch. Enjoyable to watch. And you can't sit here and go, Melbourne, Manly were blown off the park and really didn't play. But you've got to give Melbourne the credit for nailing a semi-final and nailing how, how they handle big moments. And they nailed it, you know, 10 out of 10. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I love it. I love it. It was a great game last night. And... Uh, we are in for a really good ride over the next three weeks. Let's talk about the Kangaroos then, uh, Gallagher's Kangaroos. And uh, Brett Kamali comes up with this each and every week. Um, shall we start with the back five? Tedesco holds on to the number one jersey. Uh, your wingers are Brian Toto and Dane Gagai. And uh, no changes either, I don't think, to the centres. You've got Tommy Turbo, although he had a quiet game at the weekend. We can't drop him from the team. And uh, Matt Burton, he played well last night in a beaten team. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, uh, Matt Burton just continues to shine. It'd be interesting how well he develops as a half or a 5'8 when he goes to the dogs because he looks like a oh. looks like he's a great, a great look, centre. That's he? what I'm or, saying. He, he looks like a born centre. <laughs> that's his position, centre, yeah. left centre for sure. Yeah, yeah I'll be wondering how he's thinking about his decision to go and play 5'8 for Canterbury with how well he's developed because he could become a state-of-origin player with Penrith the next five or six years as a centre for New South Wales. So yep. um, he obviously can't change that decision, but it'd be interesting to know what he's thinking. But um, obviously with only eight sides still playing in the competition at the moment, we've picked all the players that are in the semi-finals at the moment too. So um, the people that have packed up and gone home, well, they're out of the bubbles. Okay, uh, and just, just back on Burton too, and, and uh, there were whispers, I think, outside whispers thinking, you know what, he might be an outside smoky to make the Origin team this year in New South Wales. And I was actually pushing for him to go in there because I've, 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 I, love, I love this guy as a player. I'm, I reckon he'll be in the blue jersey next year. There you go. And if he does play number six for the Dogs, he's going to be so much like Brad Fittler, isn't he, in terms of stature and size and uh, that big left foot step. Um yeah, he's a good one. Yeah, but the, the other thing Freddie did very well when he went from Penrith to the Roosters was he actually played 5-8 in a very good football side. Yeah, true. That, that, that sort of helps your development, doesn't it? Yeah, I reckon it would do. I reckon it would do. Um, <laughs> you played in a couple of good sides too, didn't you? Yes. I was lucky. Yeah. In the half, Brett Kamali in the halves then. Um, Cameron Munster and Nathan Cleary, no changes there. He was yeah, big, wasn't yeah. he? Munster was Definitely. huge on Friday night, but, and and yeah. Nathan was, you know, um, wasn't one of his Nathan better games. Nathan didn't have his best performance. He was playing. Adam Reynolds probably won the victory last night, but you can't, you don't get dropped out of the Australian side for one bad performance. No, okay, thank you. There you go. Just to clarify the selection criteria, from uh, your chief selector, right? Well, is, you know what? We might actually be able to coach his side if Mal gives up his. I don't know what's happening with Mal because doesn't he want to be a. Yep. Advisor to Billy, with Billy Slater to Queensland. So, Chris, this could be you and I as Gallagher Kangaroos selector and co coaches. Is it a voluntary role or a bit of coin for me? Oh, no, it's all about the voluntary role, isn't it? The spot, oh. you, can, you can actually get sponsorship outside of this by being able to go and do public speaking, which you do very, yeah. very well. Yeah. And then earn some freight from that. Okay. Just for, okay. Like winning gold at the Olympics. Oh, be, it's yeah. about then selling yourself after it. Yeah, be handy to have on the CV, kangaroos coach. Maybe we could throw a, a you know a decent sized podium in. How about that? I'll do it voluntary, but don't mind the podium if that's all right with you. 
that's what it's all about. That is the that is the currency. Yeah. That's the language of love. What is yeah. it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Noddy Kamali knows all about that sort of stuff. Makes now, very, makes you lot, makes you happier, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, right. Well, I'll talk to Mal about that. Anyway, um, so let's look at the uh, the forward pack up front. You've got Tino, Big Tino, and Christian Welch, and Damien. Cook. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I thought the two front rowers were unbelievable, both for their football sides. But isn't it funny how they both do very different roles, but they're both the first two front rowers I've picked this weekend to play. Tino is big and strong and powerful and athletic. Um, and obviously Christian Welsh just does all those one percenters so well. Doesn't he? Uh, wins every play of the ball, ties up the middle. So uh, I think that's a pretty good front row, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is a good front row. Um, what if Daniel Safidi comes out and has a blinder today? Well, that's bad luck, Daniel, because we're selecting the team now. So um, we'll have to wait and see. And uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard is back on deck today for the Eels as well. Don't forget Junior Paulo. But uh, the two starting props, Farsua, Malawi and Welch. In the second row, you've got uh, Felice Cafusi and Angus Crichton. And uh, Cam Murray locks the scrum. He was, he was good last night, wasn't he? Yeah, that's right. Well, and, and Isaiah Yeo normally locks the scrum and Cam Murray plays back row. But uh, with the performances this weekend, I thought Cam Murray was unbelievable. So I want to put him back to his regular jersey 13 position and Kafusi and Crichton, um, two very, very good edge back rowers. Mm. Well, not Traditional e back rowers, put it that way. Yes, absolutely. And I just want to repeat too, um, this is brought to you by Gallagher Insurance Brokers, a proud partner of the uh, the Gallagher Kangaroos. And um, I appreciate talking to you, mate, each and uh, every Sunday on NRL Match Day. I'll try and send you through that little uh, sound clip that I've, I use for my circuit workout. All right, it goes, um, it goes something like this. I don't know if you can hear this in the background. All right, we're going to be 45 yeah, seconds. 45 seconds on. Right now it's work time, okay? Now you're powering. You're working hard on that, that, that bike or the rower machine. Okay, and you're punching it out, right, as hard as you can, and then a good 15-second breather, all right? I'll send that through have to you. Have a rest, okay, have a bit of... Thank you, I just had a text from Robin Moore from Gallagher's Insurance. They'd be quite happy, Chris. If you become the Gallagher's co-assistant coach, Yep. they said that there'll be some Benjamin Franklin there for you. Oh, perfect. That's all we're after, a bit of yeah. Benjamin. A bit of Benjamin puts yeah. a smile. How good, how good are Gallagher's Insurance? Oh, eh? I love these guys, and we haven't met yet, but if, <laughs> if they're going to be um, the, the hand that feeds me... I love these guys. Gallagher Insurance Brokers, proud partner of the Gallagher Kangaroos and proud contributor to the Chris Warren Fund. Noddy Kamali, thanks How for good. joining me. <laughs> See you, big guy. All right, mate. Bye. There he is. Uh, Brett Kamali. Before we go, it's time for a US Open update with Brett Phillips. Thanks to Green Life Group, leaders in property services and open space management. Visit glgcorp.com. Start spreading the news. Ah, uh, yes, New York, New York. And uh, Brett is on the line. Brett, how are you, mate? Chris, uh, good afternoon. Uh, you're going beautifully. Maybe not as well as uh, Emma Redicanu. Tell us more about this young 18-year-old girl from, from Great Britain. This, this is quite a story, um, an historic victory in many ways for her. Well, the first ever qualifier in history, which is extraordinary, man or woman, mm. to win a Grand Slam. So came into the US Open, Chris ranked 150 in the world. You go back about two and a half months ago. She got a wild card into Wimbledon, her home slam. She was 338 in the world. And she made the fourth round. And here she is 
in the next major, backing it up and actually winning it. So she had to get through three qualifying matches and then seven matches in the main draw. So 10 sets or 10 matches where she didn't actually drop a set. No. I mean, I don't think we've seen anything like it. Fairy tale sort of story. But look, she's always been on the radar in British tennis from a young age. She's mm. always been identified as someone that's got a bit of talent. And, you know, the LTA over there, the governing body, has certainly, you know, poured a little bit of money. But, you know, last year she actually set out playing through COVID. She concentrated on finishing her you know, HSC equivalent over in uh, Great Britain. And now it's focused on her tennis and she, her composure, and even just as, as impressive uh, with the microphone in hand. It's almost like she'd done 10 years of media training. I mean, just polished and yeah. engaging. And, and the same goes for her opponent, Chris, today, Layla Fernandez. I mean, these two we're going to watch for the next decade. They had to be a loser, unfortunately, but Layla, a breakthrough for her to beat, you know, three um, stars of the women's game on the way to making the final. And, yeah, both uh, gave us uh, a really good ride the last fortnight. Obviously, we'd we'd love to be talking about Ash Barty, you know, uh, but isn't it refreshing to see some some young young girls' names come from come from uh, way back um, and left field? Emma Radakanu said we're going to hear a lot more about this young girl, and you're spot on, Brett, uh, it, it, when you say she speaks so eloquently. I, I tuned in very briefly this morning while I was having breakfast, and and I turned on Fox Sports News, and there she was. Um, yep. and you know what I had to, I was hanging on every word. I was glued to the set cause this was like, wow, what a, what a, what a wonderful young girl. Who would be the, the number one Brit at the moment? Would it be Joe Conter or not? Uh, Joe, I think still is, or her ranking has yeah, certainly slipped, uh, the last couple of years and mm. another young girl called Harriet Dart, who I think is up inside the top 100, but yeah, look, the last winner, of course, um, of a major from GB. She was in the crowd today, uh, yeah. Virginia Wade, who won it back in 1977. So oh, yeah. great that she could be there. But yeah, this will be making uh, huge news in the UK because we talk about our dearth of players here mm. from a, a female perspective, apart from Ash. Mm. Well, British tennis has been in a very similar situation. So I was thinking this morning, Chris, I mean, I, I, I can't even get my head around one of our players, one of our girls ranked 330 on the ITF tour, mm. stepping up and winning a major. I mean, that, that would be, you know, you'd have to resuscitate. Well, no, it's just it's bonkers. It's bonkers that this can actually happen, <laughs> that she's come through qualifying, denied a wild card. So what, did her, did her game suddenly just go to a new plane? Um, did other players play poorly? How did this come about? Well, yeah, I mean, she... Technically, um, has always been regarded as having a very, very good game. She just needed, you know, some opportunities to show that. And obviously, last year, uh, without you know there being any tennis, she probably would have made some strides. So she only comes out a couple of weeks before Wimbledon, and you know, she had to sort of start again after downing the racket for a little while. And the thing, the biggest thing that's improved, and she even said it from qualifying to winning, was just her physical capability, her resilience. Mm. Uh, because that is uh, where you tested most in a sport like tennis, and that, that is so impressive for an 18-year-old. So, physically, she now very well knows the rigors, and look, she's going to be there's going to be a bit of a target on her back now. You know, we want to knock off the reigning U.S. Open champion. So, yeah. I think as Chris Everett beautifully summed it up today, the great champion, she said, "I hope she just still enjoys it as a teenager, because mm-hmm. there'll be demands, you know, for." being on the front cover of this and the front cover yeah. of that, endorsing this, endorsing that, but hopefully she can still just enjoy tennis and there'll be lots of 
you know, good times and there'll be some bad times to come as well. Yeah, wonderful and very talented young uh, young woman. Emma Raducanu, the US Open uh, winner, champion. Men's final then tomorrow. Novak Djokovic is trying to become the first player since Rod Laver to win all four majors yeah. in the same year. It's all come down to this. Um, and it's the final we expected. It's uh, yeah. Djokovic, it's Medvedev, it's a replay of the Australian Open final earlier this year, which uh, Djokovic won in about an hour and a half. He absolutely decimated Medvedev, so he'll be keen to atone for that. But you're up against a guy who is at the absolute peak of his powers right now, so I'm not going past Djokovic. Uh, Rod Laver is in town for the weekend in the front row rocket, which is brilliant. So, yeah, Djokovic, uh, yeah, just the way he's got through some adversity in this tournament, he's dropped sets, he's you know been in a bit of trouble, but he he gets it back on track so well. You to go five sets with him is almost mission impossible. Uh, while he's in the, the fitness capabilities and mental capabilities at the moment, so yeah, I think he'll uh, he'll he'll uh, join Rod Laver as one of very few to to win the Calendar Slam and go past Roger and Rafa for the most majors. Absolutely. Mate, thanks for jumping on the line. Brett, always nice to chat. Mate, I know this is a rugby league program, but we're all always interested in tennis, particularly when it comes to the Grand Slam. So uh, thanks for your time, and uh, you'll get a little bit of a breather in the next uh, next week, I guess. Yeah. Good on you, Chris. Yeah, right. first serve, of course, on 11.70 uh, tomorrow night too, every Monday night. We'll uh, yeah pull it all apart for those tuning in uh, at 8 o'clock. Perfect. We look forward to that. There is uh, Brett Phillips, and that is thanks to Green Life Group leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. Well, I hope you've enjoyed uh, the show this afternoon. It's uh, ticking ever closer to three o'clock. And uh, don't forget, uh, we'll be bringing you, well, we won't be, the mad Russians going, uh, you're not going home yet either. You're sticking around for a while. I'm staying here. Okay, but you're not part of the commentary team. No, No. I'm just behind the scenes. But you do a lot of good work behind the scenes. Some of your best work is done behind the scenes. Uh, the Mad Russian. I will be back with you tomorrow night uh, with Rusky. You're going to come in here tomorrow night. We'll bring you um, higher ground from a nine, from a little nine from o'clock nine or eight o'clock. o'clock. Nine o'clock tomorrow night until midnight. Oh, that's a late one, isn't it? So get involved with the program tomorrow if you haven't done so today. To uh, all of you, um, the Reptile and to uh, Tim the Toolman and uh, a few others as well who have been in touch with us today via the text line. Thank you for being a part of the show. What a big night it was last night for South Sydney, hey? Uh, 16 points to 10 winners over Penrith Panthers, and it really has thrown a spanner in the works. Well, more than that, it's really opened the competition up. Opened the whole competition up, hasn't it? Uh, We thought it might be just Melbourne and Penrith, a two-horse race. Well, no way in the world. Still alive then, Melbourne, South Sydney. They have booked a place in the prelim finals. Also still alive, Manly and the Roosters. They play each other next weekend. Penrith, because they finished um, second on the ladder, they get another shot and they are still very much alive. They will play either Parramatta or Newcastle next weekend. Parramatta and Newcastle, they're playing this afternoon. It should be a belter of a match and uh, the best place to tune into it is right here on SEN 1170. Um, The pre-game show on NRL Nation... Uh, Gary Belcher, Scott Sattler and Mark Braybrook will bring you all the pre-game uh, news and then Mark Braybrook and Scott Sattler will call the game. It will kick off at five past four. I'll join you again tomorrow night. Take care. Keep smiling.